0: captain's blog, MistakeSoyTrek.com.
1: I'm Captain Britain, And I'm Suliban Fighter Pat. <laughs> These are the voyages of the starship USS Osama Bin Laden, our <laughs> ongoing mission.
0: To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based,
1: and the to boldly, boldly go, go where, where everyone's, everyone's holes are still, are still
2: sore. sore.
0: bridge clean up on Isle bridge <laughs> this is soy trek the show where two trekkies ask themselves is today a good day to die yes <laughs> always i Answer, wish
1: always yes it's my prayer every morning
0: <laughs> painlessly peacefully i just pray for like somehow my car turns on in the middle of the night. I'm on the third floor, no garage. Somehow the CO2 gets in my bedroom <laughs> and I take the eternal slumber. Not gonna happen according to physics, unfortunately. No. So physics, go fuck yourself. You're on watch.
1: I mean, I'll just walk out into it in front of a 16-wheeler and just be reduced to a pink mist.
0: That's the problem though, is there is a little chance that like you'll you'll trip and fuck it up a little bit and like mm. just get like Christopher Reeved. Oh yeah! Like no one wants that, man. No, no one wants to have to be in Superman four, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or Superman three too. Which which one was the one where both he- both of
0: them sucked? Yeah, three, four was actually worse than three because four was the Golden Globus one, the cannon
1: made. Oh yeah, that
0: is just like what is happening. Is that
1: the one with the uh, with the nuclear Superman, the evil one?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and then three is the one with uh, with fucking um, uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, which is just like it does like he doesn't make any sense in that film. No, it's like two entirely different films. They like shot a Superman film that's okay, and then shot a Richard Pryor film that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, how can we make these two films work together? And they just like cobble it together, <laughs> and it is a fucking disaster piece. Yeah, big fan of Superman three. Yeah, Superman
1: four. Not so I've, much. I haven't, see, I haven't seen Superman three in a long time. I used to watch the Superman movies a lot when I was a kid.
0: Well, maybe that's another thing we'll put on the uh, the list with the Star Trek prequels. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have or to Star watch Wars prequels. Star Wars prequels. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, they should make some Star Trek prequels. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, they could do that. I guess technically with a uh, Strange New World. I mean, that. I guess
0: that is technically a prequel. Yeah. I mean, not <laughs> technically, it is a prequel. Yeah. This <laughs> is Discovery. Yeah. <clears throat> and kind of a sequel now, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, the year uh, 3000. And the year 3000! <laughs> um, so, today we'll be watching Star Trek Enterprise. Actually, I'm sorry. This is season two. Enterprise. Mm. No Star Trek in the title. Enterprise, season two, episode 16, Future Tense. But first, let's have a little chat about what's going on in the world of Trek. And the world outside of Trek. It's time for some Trek news. We got,
2: we got Trek, Trek news for you. News you can use news to wash away your
0: blues. We got Trek news for you.
1: What the fuck you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do?
0: Yeah. Um. With the Star Trek TNG cast coming back for the third and final season of Star Trek Picard. Bringing characters back seems to be at the top of mind for legacy Trek stars. Mm-hmm. Kate Milgrew had a few thoughts about uh, Live Action Return, which we talked about on our last episode. Yeah. Go listen to that right fucking now. <sighs> listen in order, or I'm gonna beat you up. i <laughs> bind you, and I'm gonna beat your dick. Mm. Especially if you've got a big juicy cock, or like <laughs> a really cute pretty cock. I'm gonna beat it and make it come <laughs> all in my mouth, you stupid bitch.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the soy trick promise <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, what am I even I'm,
0: I'm losing it um, so Kate Melgrew had some thoughts about that uh, which we mm-hmm. talked about on our last episode but uh, co-star Robert Picardo better known as The Doctor or EMH is talking about some ideas to reprise his role as The Doctor mm-hmm. so in an interview uh With the companions too boldly ask this week, Robert Picardo affirmed he is interested in reprising his role as the doctor from Voyager, uh, saying, "The answer is yes. It's fun to revisit the character." The actor also picked up on how legacy characters returning to Trek is a hot topic, saying, "Quote." I'm really happy to see Kate Mulgrew is now talking openly about it, uh, that they've established the precedent with Star Trek Picard. There's a passion in the audience out there to see the legacy actors again in new stories mixed with wonderful younger new actors. Mm -hmm. So it's certainly something I'm open to and the character lives on inside me. Um, One thing I find super funny is like, yeah, did they really introduce new characters in Picard? Because literally everyone but Raffi has been like written out of the show that they've introduced.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah, everyone's gone. Literally
0: everyone, but Raffi. Yeah. That's the only person, that I think, from the first two seasons, besides Picard. Oh, uh, yep. Lar- Laris was. Oh, yeah, Laris. Laris. Okay, sorry. Man, but
1: we didn't see Laris. In, we only uh, saw,
0: like, two. she's only in, like, two episodes of the entire series.
1: Yeah, and uh, we didn't see Laris in the third season, it seems. We saw her in the last episode. No, but I mean, like, uh, the trailer for the next season. Oh, Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well She's, she's credited in there. She's she? going to be in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess yeah, she's according now. According to the credits. She's yeah. now. God, can you imagine if they have like a wedding scene between Picard and Laris? Oh, God. Or if, uh, oh, God.
0: God forbid they have a child. Oh, my God.
1: I, would... I mean, does he have sperm? Positronic sperm, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would create a baby. It's gonna create a <laughs> positronic baby. <laughs> yeah. Be like the baby in Titane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you
0: go. <laughs> so uh, Picardo proceeded. Uh, this idea by discussing how there is a particular challenge in returning as the Doctor citing, quote, the data issue, because like the android, the holographic Doctor is not supposed to age the first season of Picard solved this issue by de-aging Brent Spiner using CGI to play uh, Data. Which looked wonderful. It Look, looked like dog shit the entire time. Like, it looked like Data was, like, just slightly melting. Like like,
1: like Data ate a bunch of salt and got, got <laughs> kind of bloated. Yeah, it was,
0: it was just, he was so odd and shiny in a way that, like, he wasn't ever before.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, like, um... I mean, I feel like haven't we come far enough along with like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, deep fakes, yeah. Like to like pause to use that in film, like they could have deep faked his. his yeah, but his, then
0: then he only gets likeness rights. He doesn't actually get a paycheck. But
1: I mean, he would have like voiced data. That's true. He could have he could have done the provided the voice and mm-hmm. like, but yeah, had like. Had, like an actor with a deep fake voice he's not an actor acting. yeah <laughs> uh,
0: which is that's true yeah yeah I, I get it but i don't um i mean that's
1: a then, thing they could do with like um yeah as you know with a uh, emh especially like also now that there's so many animated mm-hmm. um properties like he could easily i he, i think he would fit in very well in lower decks
0: Oh, definitely no. Cause he's he's got such a voice, man. Yeah, he has such a voice. Like, I and love he's, the and doctor so how he enunciates, and yeah, he's got great comic
1: timing. He does. He's, he's hilarious.
0: Easily the best of anybody on Voyager. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, or, or bring him onto Prodigy. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, uh, it says here the first season of Picard solved the issue of um aging with Brent Spiner by using CGI for Data. Although season three of Picard uh, sees his return as lore and is forgoing that trick, just having old fat lore, <laughs> which is like, okay, okay. yeah,
1: <laughs> whatever. Like, man, yeah, why not?
0: I mean, he's positronic, I guess. I mean, does he eat? Can he, can he get, I don't know.
1: I mean, uh, I think we're just, I think we're. Just, you just have to use your imagination. And yeah, it's fine. Whatever. So, yeah. Again, like that would be a good time to use the deep fake stuff. Right, right.
0: Um, yeah. so Picardo noted that one solution to this is to play a different character, which Brent Spiner also did in the first two seasons of Picard playing two different members of the Soong family. And for himself, Picardo already has a character in mind, Dr. Lewis Zimmerman, the creator of the EMH, band, oh, yeah, which would be awesome because he has already played Zimmerman on the show. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you know, he, we know that the EMH is modeled after how Zimmerman looks. Mm-hmm. So, um, Picardo outlined, outlined his idea saying, quote, I could easily play Doc Zimmerman again because Zimmerman is in the same timeline as certain of those Star Trek series. To me, it's a funny idea. What I would find very funny is to have the Doctor and Zimmerman working together. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're a 40-year-old person. Imagine your 18-year-old self working side-by-side with you during the day on some very critical or important mission. Wouldn't that annoy the hell out of you? <laughs> I think there's a lot of comic possibilities. If you can age down the doctor to do a scene. Now there's a giant age gap between the doctor who's 41 or 42 and an actor or and uh, his creator who's in his late 60s, Mm. which uh, I'm interested. I'm not. Yeah, I'd watch that. I would watch the shit. Honestly, Picardo in any sort of Star Trek franchise, I will watch. Yes. He is my favorite part of Voyager Mm -hmm. consistently.
1: Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He delivers. Yeah. Like
0: I, I like Janeway, but not mm. consistently. She makes yeah. some dumbass decisions and does some dumbass bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like some other characters, but none of them. Maybe I, I like Tuvok quite a bit, but yeah. he's not nearly as fucking entertaining. Like Robert Picardo, chews scenery like he's feasting on it. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful to watch him. He he's such a capital A actor and it's so campy and funny mm-hmm. at all times. Cause he's just always melodramatic about everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's a fucking EMH. Who's just constantly complaining <laughs> when he's like, you're a hologram. Why are you complaining? Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty fun.
1: Yeah. I would like it. It would be fun. Like, cause now like the technology exists, like if like we kind of added sort of like an uncanny Valley to holograms, mm-hmm. like, you know, if he, if he was just completely CGI created, because that would add sort of like, because obviously they couldn't do that in the 90s.
0: Right. That's, <laughs> like, that's actually a good point. Because like a hologram might look, you know, just a little uncanny valley. Like mm-hmm. it's a hologram of a person. Yeah. Just like, the you know, the Tupac hologram was cool looking, but like it was just a little uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting Kind of unsettling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just
1: So just have like have like a, a CGI Robert Picardo that's voiced by him. Right. That, so he can play his um, and younger he could, he, self. Yeah. He could
0: just do motion capture really. And so Mm -hmm. he could be there acting the whole time Mm -hmm. and they could just replace him with like a hologram kind of version of himself.
1: That would be cool if they started doing holograms like that, but you know, obviously they've already established that they look indistinguishable, Mm -hmm. you know, from, but I don't know. I think that would have been kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. What would, uh, if, if they brought the doctor back, would you, what would you like to see out of the doctor? more of the same or like some more backstory to him. Yeah. I would
1: like to see how his, um, how he's, um, come along since, you know, fully reaching his sentience.
0: Right. Cause they didn't really establish that until what was the, uh, something doctor doctors yeah. in the title. It's, it's mm-hmm. in season seven, but they established basically that he's sentient by mm-hmm. the end of the seventh season. It's yeah. one of the last episodes. It's yeah. a great episode, but yeah.
1: And like he could have, uh, created a family at this point. Oh, uh, somehow interesting. And, like, like coded
0: himself a family.
1: He could have coded himself a family, or he could potentially have a relationship with a uh, with a with a real life person.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, because I remember at the end of uh, the last episode One, of Voyager, he did have like a like a girlfriend.
0: True, and honestly, I always thought like they they made it a more like father daughter kind of relationship, but like him with Kes would have made sense to me mm. because he is also young. Yeah. Like, he's a new computer, and so they're both Mm -hmm. young, and he also, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that could have have made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they were just like, get out of here, Cass. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. It's kind of sad. But, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I would like to see, like, uh, how he's exploring, like, you know, especially, also be interesting to see how he is, um, like, they don't really, I don't think they address it too much, like, like the ho- like the holograms and the the book card era, where everyone's anti AI. Like, does he suffer? That's any, true. Does he suffer any repercussions of that as a as a um as an uh, artificial intelligence?
0: That's a good question because they they do still have EMHS because they uh, bring back what's his face with an EMH. Remember, mm-hmm. um, Lego Ninjago little guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, legolas there.
1: Yeah, they, they clearly still utilize holograms and stuff right, like that, right, which
0: are artificial intelligence.
1: And so, like yeah, Rios has like all the different versions of himself that he uses as his crew. Right, right. And but so but they're but they're not being treated as the same level as as a uh, as, as an android. Right. But clearly like you know they can do EMH, basically everything. Yeah, it's just EMH is now, you know, he's fully sentient and stuff uh, like that, so it's like why isn't be interesting to pursue and also like uh, you know we could also do something with like the fact you know remember like um he also has like a version of himself that's also in the far future mm-hmm. when he like he gets re- reawakened on um, that alien planet and like they're doing like the um <clears throat> uh, it turns out Voyager completely fucked up this one planet oh yeah, yeah and like they're kind of seen as like the villains in their history and he kind of wakes up and, and he kind of like eventually gets his own spaceship mm-hmm. and he only be- well, becomes like the chief medical dude of that whole planet and then eventually gets his own spaceship and then like tr- goes back to the um, Alpha Quadrant and to oh. trace the Voyager's path that would be an interesting thing. That could be cool too, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then now there's like, yeah, there's two EMHs. Indeed. So, uh,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's that's with that news. Moving on in Star Trek news this week, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, the Star Trek Defiant comic, mm-hmm. I'm making a Star Trek Defiant comic now, uh, sees Worf and Spock form a dream
1: team crew so, what
0: yeah <laughs>
1: so uh, so Spock just comes out of a time time you know he come, he uh, tra- tra- travels to a wharf and it's like i've heard of you let's work together
0: yeah so here's the official IDW synopsis in defiant someone is killing the gods but, and this ties in with the new series they're doing with Sisko. Mm, oh, about yeah, before. yeah. So, but while Benjamin Sisko and the USS Theseus have been facing the threats in the higher cosmos, very real casualties are growing on lower ground. The true enemy is a man, not a god. And Worf of House Martok has to put together his own crew aboard the USS Defiant in the hopes of defeating the dangerous messiah behind the genocidal cult. Pulling from all eras of Star Trek canon to create something wholly unique and unexpected, Star Trek Defiant unites some of the strongest personalities in the franchise, including <clears throat> Spock, Bellana Torres, Lore, what, and more. I On a mission, you're about to say Morn. Uh, no, <laughs> that just, would be amazing. <laughs>
1: He just sits at it. He just like he just drinks while chaos goes on around. Yeah, like his station is just like a bar. And he's just like, <laughs> it's
0: just a bar and a tap, and that's it. He just pours himself a beer. Yeah, he's, like, he's yeah,
1: he's just on the bridge. And like everyone else is at their at their station. He's just at but, the bar, but
0: somehow he always saves the day. Yeah. No one knows how. Yeah, know?
1: put mourn on the defiant, you cowards. That's what we want to see. Yeah, Hon- honestly, it is cowardice to them not bring mourn
0: back. I mm-hmm. mean, did. So, yeah, Morn didn't die. No, no. no, no yeah, he there faked was, his death. That's right. Yeah. It's a, with a gold thing, or the latinum that mm-hmm. he had in his belly. That
1: yeah. ate or whatever. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like, that's that's weird. So, like, so how does it talk about how he's able to recruit all these people, how he's able to recruit the uh, lore and Spock on it? I
0: don't, I don't know. It didn't say that in the synopsis. Interesting. Um, so. maybe,
1: maybe Spock's a uh, hologram. Because the other people kind of make sense as um, they're, they're exist. they exist during this time.
0: That, that, that could make sense, yeah. Yeah,
1: um,
0: yeah so uh, that one comes out in March of 2023.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll go pick it up. Why not? Do, do you even read Star Trek comics? No.
0: Yeah, me neither. This is a great cover, though. Look at that. Isn't that good?
1: <laughs> That's kind of like... It's uh, a really great drawing of Worf. It's very psychedelic, too. It's yeah, like It's is. like he's having... He's like uh, he's got like psychedelic
0: bat kind of <laughs> on the side, like yeah. pink bat and shit. It's dope as hell. Actually,
1: he's having a, he's having a really fun mushroom trip right there. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I He's like, I think know. I replicated the wrong kind of mushrooms.
0: <laughs> what kind of drugs do you think Klingons are into? Hmm.
1: I kind of assume. Ooh, sort- besides, uh definitely
0: poppers. Yes, because I mean,
1: you got you know you got to fit two dicks in.
0: Oh yeah, you got to so, loosen, like, um, lose your that damn hole.
1: Get, get some of that rush. Get two bottles. I imagine it is some sort of, like, just, like, a, like PCP-type equivalent just to get them all, like, fucking, yo, you know, yeah, right. excited for, like... uh
0: Oh, they, they definitely all roid. I mean, they're all cycling.
1: Oh, yeah, they're all cycling. And I can see them also because they have, like, this, like, you know, intense warrior culture, maybe mm-hmm. something, like, yeah, some sort of, like... Because you've seen the Northman, right? I love the North. Yeah. It was that shit's really good. good. Yeah. Like really they just good. taken some like sort of mm-hmm. mushroom trips in a cave. And yeah, a lot of people didn't <laughs> like it,
0: but I, I was fascinated by the film. I liked like, a it a lot. It, it was really is, good. I mean, it, if you go in understanding, like it is just an atmospheric film. Like yeah. there is a story that happens, but like really everything happens in the, like it's just such beautiful cinematography mm-hmm. and it tells just a, a tale. Is just like, fucked up and it's great i love it
1: <laughs> yeah i like it when he's having like the mind battles like he's like <laughs> just like it's got fucking bjork being a fucking crazy
0: witch yeah fucking bjork and anything rules <laughs> especially if she's a fucking crazy mountain witch
1: yeah <coughs> shit was wild
0: mm-hmm. super wild
1: yeah yeah go see the north man maybe. but yeah like yeah the white the vikings were just having like you know you know little mushroom trips and like seeing uh, their gods and yeah and all that weird shit. So I'm assuming like Klingons probably just do the same, you know, Mm -hmm. have like, you know, intense spiritual journeys where they fight, fight parts of themselves. They don't like.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I can see them definitely doing like, you know, like the ayahuasca type stuff or spirit animal type stuff, like doing deep, like bro stuff where they go into a sweat lodge together. Yeah. Like, See some crazy shit and like find, like meet their ancestors. That's how something. they were able to kill their own gods. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? That makes sense. Like ego death is a great way to kill God.
1: Yeah, and yeah. that's how they have the ego death. they Yeah, they they just had a, like a journey where they just went and met their gods on like on a on a on a precipice when they just f- killed killed the fuck out of them with a backlift. Like mm-hmm. that's that's cool as fuck. That's cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's all of our Trek news for the week. wasn't a super eventful week in Trek news, but, no. uh, you know, some stuff happening. So, uh, moving on to real news. Oh boy. Uh, this week on online, on Twitter, Twitter's big news now. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they took the rails off. We, we talked about last week. Yeah. Elon Musk took over Twitter Yeah, <clears throat> and he pretty much, uh, just like said, Hey, we're going to just stop censoring Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, and so there's like no real fact checking. A lot of people are saying the N-word now. Yeah. Um, and the but but some people are figuring out ways to like make a point out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite one so far being none other than one of my favorite comedians and comic thinkers, Mr. Tim Heidecker.
1: I saw that. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> so
0: he uh he put out a tweet uh a couple days ago, November first, and he said, um, here's the tweet. He says, Here's what we know. One, Trump is dead, died badly. Two, Elon Musk has suppressed this news. (laughs) Or has he? And three, Donald Trump Jr. is now just plain Donald Trump.
1: (laughs) Please like and share. Can you imagine if that happens if you're a junior and then like, the person you're named after dies and then you just assume like you just become the only one.
0: That's that, weird, right?
1: That makes sense. I guess.
0: I mean, I guess, but it's, he was
1: still named. Junior, it's like <laughs> you were the third. Now you're junior. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> hate
0: that. There'd be so much to keep track of. Um, but so this had, uh, more than, uh, 10,000 retweets, um, like over a hundred thousand likes mm-hmm. and it went completely viral, uh, with over, uh, a hundred thousand tweets uh, containing the hashtag, "Trump is dead,"
1: and I totally forgot to, ha- to dust off an old tweet I made a couple years ago, of, like uh, where I made a fake Ben Garrison comic of like mixed the, um, uh, the when the basketball player died, um, uh, uh, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Like um, uh, Ben Garrison made a comic of like of a uh, Kobe's face with like a basketball crying basketball tears. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and like it's amazing.
1: It's I don't know. It's what? amazing, but yeah, I photoshopped um, Trump's face, uh, a drawing, uh, Ben Garrison drawing of Trump over Kobe's face, and like, and and then the Don, uh, me- Donald Trump memorial. I should I should have dusted that off.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah make a good Donald Trump memorial. Yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, definitely uh, go ahead, tweet out that hashtag. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, um, yeah, like spread funny disinformation like that. Yeah, like, like, like Twitter is a fucking. It's always been kind of a joke, but there's always been a serious element to it. Now it's a complete joke. Oh yeah, like nothing matters anymore. God is dead, and uh, you know, just like the Klingons, <laughs> we kill our gods.
1: Yeah, just have ego death and fight your god on a precipice. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, yeah, selling the verifications for eight dollars. Like, and it, so it's like you know, anime Hitler fourteen eighty eight is going to have a, ver- <laughs> a verification now, and, and and that'll be somehow a hey, source. An-
0: anime Hitler, to be fair, fourteen eighty eight is a important <laughs> public figure. That's what yeah,
1: yeah. Make sure we need to get them verified, and that and that and, and that's kind of what we saw that ha- was going to happen, where he was, you know, he was going to try to have a profit motive for you know this, and it's going to be like you know handing out verification badges to just random anyone who wants it and trying to get like a monthly subscription to something that you really don't get anything out of. And really like the people who post are the, crea- are the creators of the content that make Twitter valuable in the first place. Right. And it's, <laughs> so It's, it's, it's like,
0: hilarious. And so he, God, it's so funny watching this in real time because we, everyone knew that Twitter was never profitable in the first place. Yeah, They've always lost money. And so he, he buys this company of leveraging stock that is, you know, taken a shit since he did that. And so his money's worth less, his stock is worth less. And so he has to like, you know, leverage other things, get outside investors. A guy from Saudi Arabia is now like a four or 5% owner of Twitter, which is great. Great. (laughs) That's, that's going to be good, good stuff happening there.
1: Yeah, cuz like yeah, I wonder if he's trying to implement things to make it seem more valuable when he does potentially like pass it on to someone else. He's going trying... to try to offload it yeah. sooner
0: rather than later, but the funny thing is no one no one with that kind of money is going to want to buy it. No. What's the point of buying Twitter? Yeah. There's no point.
1: It really yeah. it should just be like just publicly It should be like a, a public pub- utility. Yeah, like, a public it, utility.
0: Yeah, like honestly all of these all social media apps that have gotten to a certain size should be open source. Yeah. Basically, publicly owned, like peer reviewed tools that are no longer meant to be made for advertising, but are meant to actually be the purpose use that it was originally made for, Mm -hmm. but the fact that the majority of people are now using it Mm -hmm. makes it a public utility. And that should be the case for everything because when people start, the majority of people start using a service of any sort, it becomes kind of essential for living in our society. Right. And so you see things that used to be luxuries that are now just considered public utilities, Mm. you know, running water, Used to be a luxury. Public yeah. utility. Electricity. Used to be a, a fucking luxury. Yeah. Utility. Uh, telephones. Cell phones. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Used to be luxuries. They are now utilities. Mm-hmm. Internet is still not really considered a public utility. No. In most places, which is absolutely wild to me.
1: Considering it's, it's mostly like a barrier, you know, or just something you need for job interviews. Exactly. It is like a anything. class
0: stratification barrier to where, yeah. like... You cannot succeed in this world without the internet, really. Yeah, And so it needs to be a public utility, Mm -hmm. just like all these other things. Because if you don't have running water, if you don't have electricity, if you don't have heat, you're not going to be able to succeed in this world for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Same with the internet. Same with social media now. Yeah. And so we need to... You know,
1: it really adds a communication tool just like mm a phone. Now, I mean, more people communicate via Twitter and via social media than they do ever. I mean, when's the last time you pick up a phone really and call people?
0: (laughs) And and the problem is, people still have this mentality that you are not owed this because it Mm -hmm. is a luxury, and that thinking is wrong because. It's no longer a luxury if the majority of people use it. It is a necessity.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you want, he wants that perception because you know it's like you know capitalists look at anything mm-hmm. and they see you know want to make a profit motive for it, and that's why like you know our you know in our meat in the meat space, our public spaces have been almost completely eradicated. Where it's mm-hmm. just like there's very few place, um areas where you can go and not be expected to spend money and, Absolutely. and like, like and have like uh public meeting places mm-hmm. and so you know that's entirely moved online and now it's just like well well you know there's this like this you know twitter where people communicate share ideas and sort of like replace you know the public square and now it's just like well well i gotta i gotta make money off now, it the, now the
0: public square is privately owned yeah like <laughs> now now if you want that soapbox in the public square it's not you know, every hour you have to come and just sign up and it's a public thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to pay for it. Yeah. It's a pay to play.
1: Yeah. And really that just also illustrates just how, what a farce, like the idea of free speech is in the first place mm-hmm. where it's, it's, always been like a privileged speech where, where like, like normal people, like it's always been belong to those who have the, have the money and the influence and the power mm-hmm. to really make the most use out of it because, and, and whereas like, other people like have very little say and mm-hmm. when it comes to terms of like their job their housing um and just like the date and just like voicing their um will and an and opinion mm-hmm. and have it being taken seriously or considered at all and you know and just like you know mostly it's just like disgr- disregarded outright and <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean what like free speech has always been a privilege that privileged mm-hmm.
0: thing yeah and it's yeah it's super interesting because we've always had you know public spaces and free speech in those public spaces. But now, yeah, as you said, these public spaces are all privately owned and yeah. there is no, I mean, there's no more, no longer a town crier. <laughs> like there's all these different segmented things, different places get, you know, different media sources, different places. People get not just their news, uh, but you know, their fulfillment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and are- and you can't go to like you know, some you know, a lot of people will go to public parks, you know, and get harassed. You need the permits and <laughs> everything else. And
0: but online, no matter who you are, there is always going to be a safe space for you somewhere. Yeah, because there are those communities that are closed to people like you, which yeah. is a good thing, but also it's a bad thing because most of these communities are becoming commoditized in some way. Yeah. Or, you know, suppressed in some way to where, like, freedom of expression isn't a real thing unless they find some way to make it advertising.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that thing, <clears throat> that was the whole point behind um, this idea of, like, free speech is in danger mm-hmm. type thing. You know, And it's always, like, you know, the people that have, like, the biggest platform always saying this. and But they say it, you know, in a way because it's like because it's a selling point for them it's a commodity it's a commodity it's oh, like yeah. it's something. It's now, marketing and now it's like now um yeah that's what elon's selling you know the the commodity of free speech and which is something that pretty much everyone had but it's like okay now now with slurs
0: <laughs> <laughs> now with slurs yeah that's a great segue because uh we're gonna get into some racism oh boy i guess i don't know so here's a fun headline Kanye West can't sell white lives matter shirts because two black men own the trademark. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, according to this article from CNN, uh, two black radio hosts in Arizona could be a potential roadblock if Kanye West ever decided to sell his white lives matter t-shirts in the United States. Uh, Ramses jaw and Quentin Ward host of the weekly racial justice show civic cipher became the legal owners of the phrases trademark for its use on clothing late, this, uh, late last month. The story was reported by Capital B. Uh, taking ownership of the trademark for the phrase White Lives Matter was a difficult decision for the host, they said, but they agreed to do it, quote, once it was clear that someone stood to gain significant profit from it, because as you've seen, even though uh, West says some really hurtful, decisive, and sometimes crazy things, He has a bit of a zealot following, and every time he releases something, it sells out.
1: Yeah, who is still, like, all about Kanye right now? Fucking idiots. Like, I don't know. Like, does he still have fans? Like, I feel he's alienated everyone at this point.
0: He still does have some fans. And, like, a lot of of people are just, like, the people who have always been with him because maybe they liked his music a little bit, but they liked him because he's a contrarian. And, you know, he's pro-Trump. And shit like that. And so obviously, you know, he's been pro-Trump for a long time now, like four years. Now he's not so much, but he's still always been kind of MAGA and just, you know, kind of a a white guy in Kanye skin. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I missed that. Did they they specific, specific they, Did they buy it like before Kanye started thinking, it, or just like had the prescience to buy it before? No, anyone... so
0: so they they bought it after he released the shirt in Europe. Oh. and Kanye failed to do that in America. So oh, excellent. They did that, yeah,
1: yeah as a reaction to that. Yeah, Cause I would I would have thought, yeah, like it would be very like smart. Yeah, it was like okay, that was that's obviously the natural progression. Mm-hmm. For 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 uh for the for the Black Lives Matter movement, like of course they're gonna make the White Lives Matter. But if we if we um if we trademark it,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know it's, it's interesting because uh, the term has actually already been categorized as a hate slogan by the Anti Defamation League. Interesting and uh, used by the Ku Klux Klan in yeah. several of their publications, um, and also described as a racist response to the Black Lives Matter movement, which is pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, The trademark was filed uh, last month, uh, data from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office shows, on the same day that West wore a shirt with an image of Pope John Paul II on the front and the words White Lives Matter written on the back.
1: (laughs) Wait, why was the Pope on it? I don't know. I I actually, I wasn't aware
0: of that up until I read this article. Yeah, I
1: didn't remember seeing the Pope.
0: Yeah, I mean, funny. the whole thing was like focused on that. And like, I'm like, why does a Pope
1: matter? It It was John Paul Pope.
0: Uh yeah, Pope John Paul II. Interesting. So two two popes ago.
1: Wow, that's wild. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I had my brother got me a Pope Francis. You remember that Pope Francis shirt that I had?
0: Yeah, I have a Pope Francis shirt too. Yeah, yeah. I'm Pope like, Francisco.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he just bought it for me randomly. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, put that on there.
0: You know, I think I might have just given that shirt away.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Well yeah. But that that's there. That, I would I want I want to know like the um the thinking behind putting uh John Pope John Paul II on there. Um I mean
0: it's Kanye. Yeah. Like he's he's bananas. Yeah. He's 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 a man in a serious mental health crisis. Yeah, there's
1: some undiagnosed uh mental health issue happening
0: here. Oh no, I mean it's, it's been diagnosed, but I mean, did you see the video of him like last week talking about the person who diagnosed him?
1: Oh, yeah. Right, he's, right. Where he's
0: like, I can't tell you what kind of doctor diagnosed me with this, but let's just say it was a kind of person who would be very offended if I said what kind of doctor he was. So I'm not going to say it. It was a Jewish doctor. <laughs> it was, it's like, it's one of the funniest things yeah. I've ever seen. I've watched it like five times and I'm like, yeah. oh my
1: God. Like, yeah, he's just going off like ah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm cu- curious to see like I mean like um I remember when he released his first album how like that was just like so like it like everyone I knew had that album and like I understand like he and and like and he did like earn like his like you know his success like Yeah, with the, no, with he's music. he's a
0: he was a revolutionary producer at the time and yeah. like you know, his early albums have some some really good, and even some of his later albums have some really good verses on it and yeah. songs here and there.
1: Yeah, and now he's just, like, completely lost his mind. Oh, yeah, and his music
0: has sucked for quite a while now. Like, his, his gospel stuff is garbage.
1: Yeah, I feel, and I kind of feel that's, like, kind of, like, the trajectory for people who just become too famous and become too, like, insulated. Right. From, like, the normal world where they've just, like, you know they've become completely consumed by this idea of themselves as like, you know, they get, they get into this, um, 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 uh, echo chamber where they're right. constantly being told that how, what a genius they are. And then that's just sort of like balloons into like a bigger, um, narcissistic <laughs> personality disorder and just, just become completely delusional. And I just feel like he just went completely that direction. <laughs>
0: Right, and there's there's several ways that can go. I think, like, some people do get that famous and get into that echo chamber and, like, get super weird, mm-hmm. but, like, do end up, like, kind of okay
1: and benevolent.
0: When I, like, yeah.
1: When I think about that— I don't think it happens to everyone, but I think right. it does, like— Like,
0: I always think about it, it can go two ways. You can either go, like, the Kanye way or, like, the Corey Feldman way. Yeah. <laughs> like, Corey Feldman is, like, weird, and obviously he's got a lot of mental problems. hmm but, like, every time I see him, I get a good laugh, and he's, like, funny and still doing okay-ish. Yeah. Whereas Kanye has just gone completely off the deep end, and he's just, like, turning into a villain. Yeah. And he's always kind of been a contrarian, but at this point, he's actually, like, becoming villainous and spreading some really bad shit and, like, helping influence people to accept that shit, which is not okay at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely, like, yeah, I mean, the things he says, like, I don't know how anyone can really, like, justify Still, no, like, you know, calling up, a fan. I,
0: I've been saying this for four years now because it's been four years now since he was doing an interview with somebody and he said slavery was a choice. Yeah. And I yeah, was just I like, that. okay, I'm done with Kanye. Yeah. Kanye <laughs> is a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you can't come back from... How? How? How can you say... How can you believe that enough to say it?
1: I mean, it's like kind of like when you're in you say, like, I mean, you know, dudes are watching like a MMA fight, and like, oh, would have, I would have done this to kick his ass. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> type. That,
0: that's one thing, but yeah. like yeah, but, slavery. But just like a, him, but
1: him thinking that's like,
0: rewriting history in a bad, really. Racist way. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, he thinks like, well, I wouldn't have been a slave. Right. I would have, you oh, know, yeah. just like saying, like, you know, it's just like when guys say, like, oh, I kicked his ass, you know, oh, it's oh, like, it's, oh, I, if I was there, I would have been. Oh, that.
0: it's like Mark Wahlberg's thing, how his, he, twi- he, his tweet about how if he was he on the play, 9
1: 11, wouldn't have happened Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same shit where it's just like, it's like, well, okay. Well, yeah, you have the historical context mm-hmm. and like, and everything to realize like what was going on. It's just like, but, during that time. You know? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg.
0: You really think you're going to stop the CIA? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, Mark Wahlberg.
0: <laughs> you're going to stop George W. Bush from achieving his dreams. Come on. Mark.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, like get you, real. you
0: and your funky bunch. Couldn't achieve that. <laughs> Sorry, buddy.
1: Yeah. They would have been, they would have actually neutralized Mark Wahlberg before he even got on the plane. They would have been like, all right, they're just going <laughs> through like,
0: sir, we've neutralized Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah and the funky bunch yeah
1: they're just like they're just like looking at the at the passenger list and I'm like we, we can't let Mark Wahlberg on there he's, and then he's too funky he's too funky and then like they just like give him like a give him a little syringe and make stage it like a heart attack that he had <laughs> in, in the airport bathroom no, and they, then-
0: they could just inject him with like too many steroids and everyone like <laughs> yeah. well that makes sense because <laughs> like yeah. Mark fucking Wahlberg of course he was roided out of his mind yeah and you don't own a burger chain and look like that unless you're fucking roided mm-hmm
1: But yeah, but yeah, another guy that's like really just on his own fart fumes there. But yeah.
0: Also, uh, uh, almost killed a man in 1989. Yeah, I think he, he actually beat
1: beat, made a, the guy lose, his, lose an eye.
0: Yeah, yeah, a Vietnamese guy, I think. Mm-hmm. And he did it just for racist reasons.
1: Yep, yeah, Mark uh, Wahlberg's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: he, he did finally apologize like 33 years later.
1: Though. Oh, cool, thanks, you know, that? that's oh. just like, yeah, that like guy. He, he
0: apologized like three years ago or some shit. Yeah,
1: like, what, yeah, what an amazing dude. Yeah, well, now he's like in his Catholic phase. Yeah, now, now that the guy's
0: probably like just about to die, he probably goes to his deathbed, he's like, uh, you know, I have been blind for thirty. 30- oh, you do. You remember me? How do you not remember? Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah. Big oof. Oof. Yeah. But yeah, we should just like abolish celebrity. <laughs>
0: I agree with that. Like, like no one should have a blue check mark on Twitter.
1: No, they got them all away. Yeah, straight up. Like, I don't. Yeah.
0: Like, if if someone, yeah, like they can just be on their own merit. And obviously, you know, there's gonna be other accounts that pretend to be people
1: i i matt walsh was bitching about that on yeah. the on the elon's initial post where he's just like um what about these people who are routinely um uh um uh i uh imp- have imposters of uh, them and i uh, have people saying things like like he's all concerned like people are gonna say things and impersonating him mm-hmm. you know as matt walsh like matt walsh has said some really fucked up shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's right? just like that's just like that he just does not address like you know, just like the things about like the child the child you know, the child uh age of consent stuff that oh, he said. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, well you're worried about someone saying saying other things like as as opposing as you as mm-hmm. when you just said all this other Yeah. But he doesn't really acknowledge no. this.
0: Uh, if you're interested in knowing more about Matt Walsh and what a terrible, terrible bastard he is, I'd highly recommend checking out uh, Jesse Genders' videos mm. on it on YouTube. They have, like, I don't know, she has, like, probably five videos on them. Oh, each, nice. Each of which are, like, two hours long or more. Holy shit. Yeah, there's tons of content. It's great. Um, But, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's all the news for the week. Do you want to get into our random episode that we watched this week? Yeah our older episodes. So, uh, last week we chose a random episode number between 820 and 1 and the number we got to was 670. Hmm. Which I uh, guess what kind of track that was?
1: Enterprise.
0: Episode of Enterprise baby. Enterprise yeah. Enterprise yeah. Enterprise yeah. Enterprise, yeah. Hey, we got Enterprise, Season 2, Episode 16, Future Tense, mm. uh, released on February nineteenth, two 2003. Hmm. This one was written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong, a writing team that did nine episodes of Enterprise together and three episodes of Voyager. Uh, Sussman has altogether 33 Trek writing credits. Mm. And uh, Phyllis has just the credits with him, so nine. <clears throat> uh, this one was directed by James Whitmore Jr. Uh, he also did uh, one other episode of Enterprise and a ton of TV, including 24, X-Files, Roswell, NCIS, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: It's interesting that he did uh, 24, because I think we went into a chat about we the Sula ban. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We
0: definitely did. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it. <so. laughs> So, you ready to get right into space? Yeah. We open on the Enterprise finding a shipwreck adrift in deep space. Scans indicate no life signs inside, but T'Pol says that its hull seems to be scattering Enterprise's sensors. Reed then says that he can't read any weapon signatures, indicating that the ship may have been disabled in an accident. Captain Archer orders the vessel to be brought into Launch Bay 2. In the bay... Neither Reed nor Archer can see anything that makes sense about its design, but T'Pol finds a hatch that's fused shut. Using their weapons, they open the hatch, where an Archer finds a long dead corpse. T'Pol confirms that the corpse is human. Cut to credits. Two forty threes. We need to talk about a lot of this here. So they find this weird ancient mysterious ship Mm -hmm. of unknown origin. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're just like, hey, let's take all of the senior bridge crew and the captain and, like, explore it.
1: It could be a bomb. It probably is a bomb, <laughs> and it's
0: it's weird that it's not a bomb.
1: Yeah. And and it's also interesting, like, because they make, you know, they do a whole thing where, um, you know, they have the decontamination chambers.
0: True, true. And, yeah, yeah.
1: and stuff like that. And what do you think you do when you bring, like, an alien spaceship onto your onto your ship that's filled with its own air mm-hmm. and everything else. And then just like, and just go head first into it uh, without any, without thinking.
0: They like, only had two minutes and 45 seconds for the cold open. All right. They that's true. That's they true. Can't, you can't do a lot of precautions in two minutes and 45 seconds.
1: Yeah. You uh, can't be like, well, maybe we should uh, make sure this isn't like, you know, in a, you know, it's its own containment unit where it would have been a very
0: quick safety montage. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, and you don't put a montage in the cold open.
1: Yeah, and you have That's no stupid, and you have no idea. Like they couldn't, their their scanners couldn't penetrate the the hole, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, they were they were like scattering the scanners. It could have like it could have been filled with incredibly dangerous radiation. Mm-hmm. There could have been a radiation leak inside, and like when Archer opens the hatch, he could have just been blasted. It, it
0: could have just <laughs> been full of space mummy curses.
1: Yeah, just, space mummy curses. We don't know what's going or on even,
0: there, or even like evil space mummies that are like reanimated.
1: Yeah, you could have gotten bit by a space mummy.
0: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I've been bitten by a space mummy or two. If you know what I'm, mean. I've I've oh. paid a couple people to be space mummies and bite me. If you know what I mean. Oh hell yeah! Yeah,
1: yeah you know what what floats your boat? Yeah,
0: sex work is real work, brother. Yeah, <laughs> space mummy work <laughs> is real work. <laughs> uh, but yeah. so so sorry. Uh, back to the credits here. It's been a long road. <sighs> so we need to talk about this theme i love this theme me too this theme <laughs> this theme fucks my ass so hard i know it's and my prostate a- <laughs> jizzes all over it. You I, know no an,
1: I know it's a joke on um you know how bad it is but it grows on you. It, it, it does it grows like angle warts brother it it's a it's amazing yeah like,
0: it's like
1: it, i sing it's, it to myself all the time
0: yeah like <laughs> whenever honestly like it's one of those things that like uh triggers triggers my memory whenever i see like the word road i'm just like no,
2: mm-hmm. road. <laughs> like
0: there's in <laughs> like oh god or even some other songs that have nothing to do with this, like Life is a Highway. Yeah. I want to ride it all night long. I always. Long that- road. Yeah, I was like, It's been a long road. And I'm getting from there to here. <laughs> <laughs> Life is a long road. No. I want to get from there <laughs> to
1: here. No, it definitely. You know what, if we were if we were to do a tiered list of best Star Trek themes, uh-huh. this would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I uh Top five. Yeah, it is top five. Yeah. Honestly, it is top five. I actually like uh I like Enterprise's theme probably more than TOS's theme.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the TOS theme is obviously iconic, but you know. yeah,
0: but like, I mean the, the, the two Dennis McCarthy's and the Jerry Goldsmith are the best, mm-hmm. obviously, especially the fucking TNG. You can't oh, be yeah. TNG. But oh like, yeah. I don't know. This the song fucking fucks, dude. And it's like, I mean, people are like, oh, it sucks. I'm like, do you know what it could have been? Do you know what, do you know what fucking Rick Berman tried to get the rights to? Hmm. U2's beautiful day. No, but it was too expensive. Thank fucking God. Yeah, that's Jesus a like that's Christ. a fucking cell phone commercial. Yeah, song. It's uh, like I was like, oh God, imagine like that. Like, ugh, <laughs> no, that would have that sh- if they would have done that. I think the show would have tanked in the first <laughs> season, rightfully so. Oh
1: yeah, Like, ugh, I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, YouTube, YouTube is just obnoxious.
0: They are, <laughs> especially like latter day YouTube.
1: Yeah. No, like this was a good fit for the song. Like uh I feel like it's it's iconic. It just gets in your head. It's an earworm type song. <laughs> and uh yeah. I mean, I never skip the intro.
0: No. No, I <laughs> I masturbate to the intro. Yeah. yeah.
1: Actually, I don't really skip too many. I don't I don't really think I skip any of the no. Star Trek intros.
0: Picard Oh yeah, Picard. I, I, I skip Picard. I yeah, actually,
1: and Discovery. Every just...
0: now and again, I'll, I'll listen to Discovery. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's just like too too much going on and shit.
1: Yeah, like the um, and that's yeah. It's, it's, it's too much
0: going on, and also it's just too slow of a song. The melody, the nah, mm-hmm. Nah, nah, mm-hmm. Nah, 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 nah. It's It's like an eight note,
2: it's an eight note melody that
0: takes like 15 seconds to play. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's kind of memorable, but only after you listen to it a million times. Mm -hmm. And it's also not that memorable because it's more than a melody. It's like a chord structure that they just play. And it fucking, duh. God, like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know whoever does music on that show and wrote that theme. I don't know how they got that job. The Discovery music is, like, way too much, man. Yeah. It's, like, all the time, it's always playing, and it's way too much. mm mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, it's distracting, really, more than anything. And I, I get it. They're trying to make a very new stylized kind of thing that's, like, more cinematic. And if you watch, like, the new Star Trek films, there's always music happening. hmm But that's because they're films. Yeah. And films have full scores. But, like, when they do it on a television show, I'm like, just give... Give a little space, man. Yeah. Give a little bit of space, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let us feel something. Indeed. Anyway,
0: back from it's been a long road. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: getting from there to here.
0: <laughs> uh, we're uh, with Phlox now, and Phlox confirms that the pilot was a human male uh, and ruminates that the Enterprise crew are apparently not the first humans to venture so far into deep space. Mm hmm. Archer asks the doctor to perform a DNA tests and to check the Starfleet genetic database to see if there's a match. T'Pol enters sickbay and says that there are no inhabited systems for several light years. Archer wonders if this human could be none other than Zephyrm Cochran, Mm. who disappeared years before while piloting a one-man vessel. He was rumored to have been testing an experimental warp ship, which would explain how the vessel traveled so far if that is indeed who the occupant is. Interesting. Mm. Like. That's interesting, and it's also interesting, did they ever find Zephyr Cochrane? I don't know. I don't think they ever mentioned it in anything else, do they?
1: Mm. Mm. It's good to figure
0: out. So in the hangar, Reed, Travis Mayweather, and Trip Tucker are making an analysis of the ship. The vessel's hull seems to absorb EM radiation, and without the damage, it would never have shown up on sensors, suggesting it could be a stealth ship. Ooh. Yeah, they eliminate, which is, like, why don't they have more, like, they have cloaking ships, but they don't really have stealth ships, which is interesting mm-hmm. in this, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of ships. Uh, I mean, maybe back in Enterprise days. Maybe maybe that's a sensor thing that they kind of clear up. But. So they eliminate a number of possibilities pertaining to how it could have gotten there, and finally conclude that it may have been taken there in a cargo ship so ship within a ship tucker also realizes oh no
1: yeah, i remember they found them in um in tos did they yeah
0: what episode i don't
1: remember that at all um zephrem cockring get zephrem cockring Zephrim
0: Cockring had the juiciest cock. Everybody <laughs> came to watch him jerk off. Yeah, he was off. living on an asteroid. Oh, yeah? The Companion. Oh. Yeah. Taking it in the asteroid. <laughs> Fuck my asteroid! They eliminated a number uh, of... Okay. So, um, Tucker also realizes that the ship did not have any apparent power source, engine, or propulsion system. Yeah. <gasps>
1: That's what I do like about, yeah, like um, future technology would seem like magic. Yes.
0: I mean, future technology always seems like
1: magic. Oh, spoiler alert, I guess.
0: Wanting more information about the mysterious ship, Archer talks with Admiral Forrest, who is just like someone's dad. Yeah. He's just like a dude in a tie and a coat.
1: Yeah, I don't like the outfit. Their ad- outfits. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I do like the um, the Enterprise jumpsuits a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I think they look pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. I mean, they're they're kind of military, but they're cool flight suits. Like I, yeah. I own a flight suit very similar to that, but it's black. I like it. It's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um. So Admiral Forrest uh, informs Archer that there have been no new missions to account for it for the the spacecraft. Forrest skeptically says it could be from the distant Vega colony, and that he'll consult the Earth Cargo Authority for more information. Archer tells him his theory that the corpse may be that of Zefram Cochran, and the Admiral says if so, this could be the solution to the greatest missing person mystery of the century. Whoa. Whoa. What do you think is the greatest missing person uh, mystery of this century? Obviously, D.B. Cooper? That
1: was last. Yeah, yeah D.B. Coop- Cooper, yeah. Amelia Earhart, Jimmy Hoffa. Amelia Estevez. Amelia Esteves.
0: Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, but this century. What about this century?
1: Oh, this century.
0: 22 years.
1: Hmm. Yeah, who's disappeared? Mm. Our democracy. Oh, (laughs) shit. What's up, dog? What's up,
0: dog? You done said it. You went there.
1: I went there. This podcast
0: goes there, people. I don't know.
1: Like, who's disappeared lately? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What. It's, have you it's to happen, anybody? I guess? Huh? Have you kidnapped anybody? No, not lately.
0: Not lately. No. Good for you. <laughs> I
1: right? know. I have, a, I, have a, I have the ability to put a curb on my urges. Yes. And uh
0: curb stomp <laughs> on whoever refuses to come with you. <laughs> Uh, Continuing their analysis, Tucker and Malcolm Reed find another hatch inside the ship covered by organic blue circuits. It looks like someone just dropped a bunch of blue paint on it. Yeah. Uh, When they manage to open it, they see a tunnel that leads deep into the vessel. A physically impossible occurrence because it would mean the ship is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside.
1: Ship of Leaves.
0: Ship of Leaves, or they just found the TARDIS. Oh, that, no. that dead dude is the Doctor. Right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this could have been the um been the cross crossover episode. I would have but...
0: really liked that if the Doctor died, and I and I didn't have to hear Hoovians anymore talking about that show.
1: I <laughs> yeah, never got into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't. It's bad.
1: Yeah, like uh, I did um, I know a guy know a guy who got like a Sonic screwdriver uh tattoo. But, like, he uh, it was at the Baltimore Tattoo Convention. And, like, I guess, like, the guy who did it, like, had his arm twisted. And so it was, like, um, because uh, he was, like, in a weird angle. So the arm was kind of, like, twisted. Uh And so then when he, like, returned it to normal, it was actually all fucked up. It wasn't straight at all. And he had um, actually gotten um, uh, tattoo removal lasers. So he went through some intense pain to make room for that tattoo. And then it got fucked up. I felt Uh so bad for him. (laughs)
0: That would that would have been funny if it was like he asked for a Sonic screwdriver and they put the screwdriver band logo
1: and then Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Gotta kill Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just like yeah, Sonic standing on top of the screwdriver band logo, saying that in a speech bubble. <laughs>
0: Sonic, who like he has like a Hitler mustache and a 1488 (laughs) tattoo on his dick.
1: God, that would be funny if it wasn't so awful. Like, like as a joke? No, but you no, 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 not It's
0: it's not funny to get any joke racist tattoos. No, no, it's not. Never do that as a joke. That's not funny to
1: anybody. Do not do that.
0: (laughs) No, never ever, never ever. Like
1: ever, ever
0: like Sonic, like getting hit and like having his cock ring fly off.
1: Now that's a funny tattoo. Sonic pregnant. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Sonic <laughs> pregnant
0: with, uh, with George W. Bush's baby. That's a funny, that's tattoo. a funny tattoo. That's a very good tattoo. Yes. Get that tattoo instead. Don't get the screwdriver band logo. If you don't know who they are, they're, uh, they're a fucking evil band, evil racist band, uh, they they helped organize rock against communism which yeah. uh if you didn't know it's all racist cuz anti-communists guess what they are usually
1: nazis mm-hmm. their music's uh used in um the Russell Crowe movie Romper Stomper ever see that it is which is about like a racist yeah so about it's, yeah it's, racist uh skinhead yeah. australian it's actually pretty good uh, yeah yeah it's a good movie mm-hmm. like um it's I, think early I think Russell Crowe's probably like i think it's 80s. his i think it's his first movie actually it? yeah it's
0: yeah. like early
1: or sorry late 80s early 90s something like that mm-hmm. pretty good Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But also did you ever hear of a Jew Driver? This, oh this yes.
0: One. Yeah, they're uh, they're all Jewish screwdriver cover band. They're, yeah, they're they're really funny. Well. yeah. yeah that. <laughs> uh that's just a great idea. Just a bunch of Jews playing anti Jewish music. It's yeah. just like a funny idea. Mm-hmm. We love that. We love making fun of. So uh that's one of the like one of my early internet memories is me and my friend who's half black uh, used mm-hmm. to go on the um uh, the Stormfront uh, web forums. Does that website still exists. I don't know if it does or not. I, yeah. I'm, I'm probably sure it's gotten taken down by someone at this point. Yeah. But like, so Stormfront is the the record label that the owner of, uh, or sorry, the record label that the guy from Screwdriver started, mm-hmm. uh, and then released a bunch of fucking hatecore music and shit like that. All of which is fucking repulsive. Um, but uh, me and my friend used to go there and troll them, and it was really funny. <laughs> like trolling Nazis is like the funniest shit. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Fuck them assholes.
0: Yeah, fuck them.
1: Uh, don't fuck their assholes though. Don't fuck their assholes. They probably like that. But fuck those assholes.
0: Yeah, but not not their physical buttholes.
1: Not their physical buttholes. No, no. Like existentially.
0: Well, don't because I mean they could still existentially come. I guess. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. You don't want to give them any pleasure. No, no pleasure. And mm-hmm. if if they get pleasure from pain.
0: Maybe give that to them. Punch a Nazi. And if they get off on it, so what? At least they're injured. (laughs) So uh, once they descend, the officer, uh, once they descend into the the bigger on the outside hatch that they found, um, the officers find a chamber with a wall that has a very faint energy signature. Meanwhile, a Suleban ship drops out of warp. Uh, the Suleban, if you don't know, they're like a blizzard-ish kind of type people. Yeah, they kind of look skin. like
1: um like uh Nerf footballs a little bit, yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. just kind of like have like this like foamy yellow texture. Right, right.
0: Um, <laughs> and they're they're dickheads. Uh, we see a good bit of the Suleban in Enterprise. I don't know if we see them in any other Star Trek, do we? Yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, happens to them? Yeah, because they're yeah they're they're in there from the first episode. Like they're kind of like the big bad. Right, right, right. And. Uh, yeah, like uh, which also like I think we were talking about like, is are the Suleiman Taliban uh allegory here? I think
0: I think they're the the Taliban
1: of salami. Yeah, <laughs>
0: think, think, think about but
1: because this like was during you know you know nine eleven.
0: Right, and I mean the director of this episode also directed some Twenty Four, mm-hmm. which is sus.
1: Let's be honest. Yeah, very sus. If
0: you've never watched Twenty Four, it is a um. A, I mean, it's like it's a CIA apologist program. Basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's literally exactly
1: what it is. Yeah, it's just like, like you know, for people to jerk off to torture. And- yeah, it is. <laughs> it is
0: torture porn. It's just basically key for Sutherland finding a new brown person in every episode to like, you know, uh, fucking uh, put his beard into acid and be like, "There's
2: not enough
1: time." Yeah, didn't they in one episode like yeah did that thing where they put a shove a towel down here? I think he
0: did that. He did like a car battery on yeah. some nipples or some shit.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just like really psychotic shit. It is absolutely, and psychotic. so yeah, I'm wondering if like yeah, they call yeah the Suleban that you know name. It's like to evoke like you know you know Afghanistan war, you know war on terror type shit. <laughs> that that would have been really
0: funny if they're like, oh, it's Planet uh, Urak Five, <laughs> yes, yeah. with their leader Uh Husseinian. Yeah,
1: who? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tatum. <laughs> <Ten>. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, god what was what was your favorite like super pro jingoistic like media that came out during that time because I, I you know i i became a neocon because of 9-11 for a brief mm. point, so i was totally into that dumbass bullshit what was, what was i i personally mm. i loved 24 when it first came on mm. like the first like five seasons i watched religiously mm-hmm. like when they came on what would you like to think I'm trying to think were there any good like I mean there was there were some war movies but not a ton that were like super jingoistic right after that were there
1: yeah I mean there was like yeah I remember like the 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 South Park episode where Car- Cartman takes on Osama bin Laden Oh yeah, that was, that was fun <laughs> yeah. yeah it's hard to I wasn't I didn't get too big into 24 because like um it it was like um I didn't like how you it was like I was like Oh, each episode's like uh, in real time. Fuck that! This <laughs> is like, I was just like, nah. Huh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's like, kind of. That kind of like didn't appeal to me.
0: You know why Neelix doesn't like Twenty Four?
1: Because it's too old. Way too old for. Him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there. I mean, we, there was like almost everything. I think at that time was had a jingoistic slant, where it's just like really trying to sell the war on terror and the, mm-hmm. um, and the idea that there was like that, um, that there were active threats around the world. Ac- all yeah. Ac- yeah. The, like, yeah. The threat levels, mm-hmm. that was insane. The, the color coded threat
0: levels was fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. In retrospect, like <clears throat> they sold us and we ate it up as a country for years Yeah, that based on the intelligence agencies, which had categorically failed to prevent one of the only legitimate threats America had had since the previous decade when they failed to stop the exact same thing from happening, basically, from the exact same
1: person. It's almost like they wanted it to happen. It's, it's, almost, <laughs> it's crazy to me.
0: People don't remember that Osama bin Laden had a huge hand in helping bomb the World Trade Center in, what,
1: 93? Yeah.
0: Like, nine years, or sorry, eight years prior to doing it again, the same building
1: oh he had a he had a he had a do-over card like he was just oh, like he did
0: and he had help that time the yeah, second time he
1: was just like guys guys that's not what how i wanted to go down can we just like maybe just do a redo mm-hmm. and they're just like all right all right we'll give you a second chance right. <laughs> so yeah they just yeah, i mean yeah that that's a really fascinating time of history that's uh completely warped yes. <laughs> everything since And we're still dealing with the repercussions of just, like, you know, that whole mindset. Now, that was a really insane time to live. It
0: was. (laughs) It's like, I I can't imagine, like, growing up in this day and age and not understanding, like, living through that. Yeah. Like, like, that was such, like, the culture just, like, we went from, immediately from kind of a neoliberal Clinton years, immediately into this crazy, jingoistic hellscape. Yeah. Where, like, racism was just, like, suddenly acceptable. And comedy... Mm -hmm. Went from being like, like alt comedy was on the rise and started to become like the main kind of comedy, and overnight that fell completely out of favor, and your biggest comedians became fucking like Dane Cook
1: and yeah. Carlos
0: Mencia, yeah, both of whom are unfunny.
1: And, and remember we watched that Gallagher special.
0: Oh, the Gallagher, <laughs> Gallagher.com is
1: what it's where, called. Where he was just like, yeah, talking about, you know, going to war, you know. But
0: that was in 2000. Yeah, well yeah, well, yeah, that was like, that yeah. Was pre- that was pre-9-11 and he was already jingoistic and yeah, talking about yeah. like, murdering brown people and Yeah, like, I
1: think I said that. I'm like, "Whoa, this is a crazy uh, post 9/11." Then you're like, "No, this came out in 2000." <laughs> yeah, 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 blew, blew, blew mind my mind, that, yeah, right? I was like I was like, "What did Gallagher know?" I, mean, I think Gallagher
0: he was, he was just racist ahead of the curve. There's I think, nothing but more than that. I, know,
1: I think Gallagher probably got some sort of like heads up and he knew it was coming and he was just like, "Gallagher was, did 9/11." Like, "This is my comeback. I'm going to be I'm going to be the Bush era 9/11 guy." <laughs> and <laughs> And here's my Sledge-O-Matic Flight 93. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. 9-11 hasn't happened yet. I mean. <laughs> well, you
0: know, Gallagher did 9-11. You heard it here first, first folks. Yeah. We, we uncovered the truth.
1: Yeah. And that's why, that's why because it was so pervasive. That's why I'm wondering, like thinking back now, it's like I did a lot of that bleed into Enterprise even.
0: I mean, it definitely could have, but yeah. as we were talking about though, like while we were watching the episode, I think a big part of why Enterprise failed is it didn't really give into that jingoistic shit.
1: No, yeah, like Archer's not fucking like torturing um, nipples with a, no, with no. a and, car battery, and he's
0: not like we need to win this battle. He's like we need to figure out a way to not fight.
1: Yeah, because start. Yeah, because like that's one thing that's good about Star Trek is it's like you know it 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 provides you know non violent non-military solutions often not you know, not all the time but mm-hmm. to like to um uh uh overcoming overcoming an obstacle rather than just being like i'm going to fucking torture this person until they give me things and mm-hmm. and uh so it didn't really fit in to like the to our current the, the current climate at the time yeah and and, and yeah i mean it, it promotes you know togetherness yeah. um eras- erasure of bigotry. And like coming together for a common goal as a as an entire uh group. I <laughs> love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I love about Star Trek and yeah, that's why I, yeah, I mean, it was like an outlier at the time for for all of the media that we consumed.
0: <laughs> so uh speaking of like teamwork and stuff, would you rather uh overcome an obstacle with a group or come over an obstacle with a group?
1: Hmm. Well, I guess like was if if I come over an obstacle. The obstacle
0: is a sawhorse.
1: I'd probably come over it. That would be fun. You know what you want? You want to see how far you can get, <laughs> right? Like, and because like I was I was saying like yeah, if you come over it, as an obstacle is it like you know? Are we doing like an evil Knievel type thing where just like seeing if i can come over a group of uh, a a whole line of cars
0: just just a sawhorse
1: just a sawhorse yeah i could i could do that that's easy that'd be yeah that'd be simple i mean you bring you bring me like six six, uh you know six uh dump trucks or something and you know see if i can come over that dump truck asses (laughs) yeah squirt 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 squirt, squirt squirt uh, so, uh,
0: the Suliban ship drops out of warp. It's Captain Hill's Enterprise and claims possession of the vessel. Archer argues that it's an Earth spaceship because of its human pilot, to which the Suliban replies that they don't want the corpse, just the vessel. Archer continues to argue with the Suliban, asking why it's so important for them to take the damaged ship. After repeating their demands, the Suliban charge weapons and fire on the Enterprise. Archer returns fire. While in the launch bay, Reed and Tucker get some kind of box out of the mysterious ship's chamber. They immediately realize that the Enterprise is under attack and get out of the vessel. Tucker tries to contact the bridge, but two cloaked Sulaban appear and attack him. Reed gets a phase pistol and shoots one of them and starts a firefight with the other, who goes into the control room to try to open the launch bay doors and closes the door behind him. On the bridge, Hoshi Sato is unable to lock out the intruders, but Enterprise damages the cargo vessel's weapons sufficiently to force them to withdraw, beaming out the two attackers in the launch bay as they do. Hmm. So where do they beam them to? Oh, oh I guess the ship beams them
1: out. Yeah, the ship beamed them out, Like, which I didn't understand. Like, They didn't accomplish their goal. Yeah. But.
0: Also, wait, so, so Enterprise doesn't have
1: beaming, do they? Uh, transporting, yeah. Do they do they have? I don't. They don't. They don't really use it that often. Yeah, I don't
0: recall like a transporter room in Enterprise. Really, I always Um, remember them using
1: a like a shuttle. No, they they uh, they they mostly use the shuttle because like transport um the transport technology is still pretty like especially with uh with living matter. It's still in its its infancy.
0: Yeah, it's still in its infancy. Like eighty years after
1: that. Yeah, there is like yeah one episode early on that's pretty horrifying where they have to beam a guy up and it's during like a storm and there's like a whole bunch of um um branches and leaves flying everywhere and he's, he's transported and then like he just has a whole bunch of fucking branches and shit in his body he's like ah.
0: that rules but
1: like he does, he lives through it like uh but yeah they just have to like uh, surgically remove all these branches oh, out of his
0: is that the backstory to michelle branch <laughs>
1: <laughs> got him yeah he, that's the thing. yeah he's
0: or is that ronnie wood guitarist from the, uh, the rolling
1: Stones. That's the thing. Yeah. His DNA is changed and he becomes part wood. And so then that rules. And so then, yeah, he's able
0: to, yeah, he would. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. You son of a bitch. Yeah.
1: That was, that was a pretty, that's a pretty horrifying thing. Like that's, that's why it's like, I don't know. I I would be very suspicious of using you know, transporting technology during that time myself, I think.
0: Oh, I would never use it. I I wouldn't use it until like, even like post, I probably wouldn't use it until TNG era. Like, yeah. you, you saw what happened in fucking Star Trek motion picture. Yeah. Like, they've... Oh, like, yeah. uh, Oh, God. What's left of them didn't survive long, Captain. It's like, what the
1: fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, and during... And especially during the uh, Enterprise time, like, like they do, like, you know, um, inanimate objects and stuff. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it would make sense.
0: That'd be fine. But, like, people? No.
1: Yeah. Like... There is like the whole belief cuz you've heard about how like they think like um how transporting technology works is it kills the original yeah and then and
0: creates a new copy
1: creates a new copy and, and there's that like I think they've mentioned and like I think like in TNG and stuff but it's like on a quantum level that's not what happens it's like um you know the person's broken down completely and you know and rematerialized and they don't they aren't killed but but
0: rematerialized out of the exact same material?
1: Yes. How?
0: How is the material
1: transported?
0: That's quantum. Means
1: it doesn't have to doesn't have to explain itself. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah that that'd be a horrifying concept to hold in your mind. And I think yeah, and there's also uh, one episode where um they had, um they transport a uh, Hoshi and she's like trapped mm-hmm. and um and sort of a uh where she's invisible, but it's like it's kind of like a like a like a a fear thing. Like that actually real, but um, but she does like like uh, but it's like some insane thing she experiences and like some horror, and uh, where she's invisible because of the transportation technology, she's um, transparent and fading away slowly. So
0: oh, I'd love to do that, yeah. Except I still like my clothes. So. <laughs> if if you can still see my clothes, I'd be happy being invisible. Yeah, I mean. As long as you can still see him a big old bulge. <laughs> as long as everybody knows I got a big old invisible <laughs> dick. Uh,
1: yeah, you saw the new Invisible Man movie, right? I've not. I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty terrifying.
0: I like, I like terrifying.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Speaking <laughs> of terrifying, looking at the box that was found in the mysterious ship, Tucker tells Archer he thinks that it must be very important since it was heavily shielded and guesses that it's the black box of the ship, which could reveal essential intelligence about its builder or why it was there. And it seems to use the same organic circuitry as the rest of the ship. None of the black boxes in any of the 911 planes were found. Fox uh, <laughs> requests Archer's presence. Just an aside, just an aside. Fox uh, requests Archer's presence immediately in sickbay. Uh, Once there, the doctor, they didn't find the black boxes, but they found all of the individual passports for all of the uh, World Trade Center hijackers. Isn't that interesting? Boy,
1: that sure is crazy.
0: That's really, I mean, so the black box, which is supposed to be completely indestructible, like blew up. However, the pieces of paper with little, little plastic covers on them.
1: Just happened to be dropped at the site and it wasn't under rubble or blown up or anything. It's wild, dude. Yeah, and just like also they found the bullet that killed JFK magically on the thing. And you know
0: what? I, th- I think we might move into every time we do an Enterprise episode, we're just going to make it about how Bush did 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: we're just yeah. I mean, this is this is Bush-era television. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so we, we have to look at it through that lens because, you know, everything is really informed by the culture around it.
1: Yeah. That's why I was thinking, yeah, like the Sulaban, they've kind of been – it, you know try to introduce some of those concepts but didn't really like
0: what race do you think the borg were
1: then I think I always like borg were zombie stand in
0: you mean slavic <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, precisely yeah I, I agree yes solobodon Milosevic, yes <laughs> that that is the borg queen so to speak mhm yeah so um okay so um Tucker tells Archer he thinks that it must be very important, the black box, since it was heavily shielded, and guesses that it is the black box, which could reveal essential intelligence about its builder and why it was there. And it seems to use the same organic circuitry as the rest of the ship, which I really like the idea of organic circuitry. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's obviously a future tech thing, especially since, I mean... They first bring it into Star Trek, I think, with the gel packs in yeah, Voyager, really. mm-hmm. which are essentially the processors of the ship. Mm-hmm. They're like biomechanical processors, which is a really interesting idea. Yeah, because you know when you look at it, like the human brain is such an incredibly powerful processor that is like so compact that like you know there's a lot of a lot of a lot of possibilities with organic matter and yeah. organic circuitry. I like it. Um, <clears throat> so. Once he gets there, um, Doctor Phlox explains to Archer uh, that he only managed to find a few undamaged cells, but enough cells in the dead guy to make a genetic analysis. The corpse's DNA did not match anyone in the Starfleet database, but did show him to be no ordinary human. Mm.
1: Oh, you know, it's also is like a um, uh, Enterprise episode where. Um, they get they uh are told to go to a um a uh a space dock to get repaired, an alien space dock, and it turns out that it's like powered by human brains, or not human brains, but alien brains.
0: Interesting. <coughs> I mean, that's what they did with um with the Matrix, which doesn't make any sense. No.
1: <laughs> because humans are not
0: efficient. Like the original idea for the Matrix was the human brains were all supposed to be part of a giant processor which mm. would have made sense. Yeah. However, they made them all batteries, which doesn't make sense because you have to put more energy into a human being than they output. Yeah. They would have been better literally throwing the food they were giving to them into an incinerator <laughs> and creating energy off of that. Yeah. Then giving it to a human because we burn calories, but we also have inefficient waste. We have so much waste, mm-hmm. which is stuff that an incinerator. I mean, I think
1: that's probably why they needed like- fields and fields because like, yeah. And like when it shows like their energy,
0: but it still doesn't make any sense because they would have to put in more energy than they're getting out. So it's like, instead of growing a whole (laughs) bunch of food, like, uh, you know, uh, say the, the fucking androids or whatever, have a bunch of corn and shit Mm -hmm. like that. And then they produce it and give it to the humans and that powers their batteries. They would have been much better off killing all the humans growing the corn and burning the corn for energy. Yeah. That's more efficient than giving it to Especially a person.
1: Especially since they're, uh, they're androids or the robots. They don't need... They don't need... The, they don't need the nutrition. They, they just need... They don't need a livable livable yeah, space.
0: They, they need... Yeah. And they just need, like, the the androids themselves, like, just need the energy from things. Yeah. Not... And so the humans are just a middleman that really don't make any sense.
1: Can you imagine, though, if, if they did keep the brain thing and... When, <laughs> when the Neo is brought out of the matrix, he's just like a brain screaming and a jar, like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> and it wouldn't have had like the, you know, like the Keanu, um, Trinity, uh, uh, love thing. They would just been like brains, like flopping around. It's like,
0: I can do Kung Fu. And Agent Smith
1: just, like, steps on his jar. <laughs> end of movie. End he, of series. He, he just throws the jar down the flight of stairs. <laughs> and <just This>
0: like, <laughs> a guy in black sunglasses with an armful of brains, and he just throws them in a trash compactor and walks away. End of movie.
1: He just takes a brain out and puts it into a paper shredder. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: like, he just has a paper bag full of brains that he's doing that one yeah. by one. Is marking off the list. Yeah, He's down. All oh. right.
1: I got Neo, Morph trinity and, yeah, and just putting their brains through a shredder and yeah i mean that's that uh, yeah i mean yeah we needed the we needed their bodies they needed to have sex in them in a cave yeah yeah
0: i mean i, I was cool with that yeah
1: yeah, yeah i was yeah, I have their gross um mud uh disco thing yeah gross to you
0: <laughs> some of us get off to that you fucking bastard oh i'm you sorry fucking judgmental piece of shit yeah, yeah. You motherfucker <laughs> uh, so Phlox, uh says this is no ordinary human Phlox found an unusual deviation in the nucleotide sequence with a familiar chromosome structure further research in the interspecies database uh, revealed that the dead body has Vulcan and Torellian nucleotide sequences along with those of an unknown species mm. dog <laughs> <laughs> It's a white woman. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Phlox believes this is the result of several generations of interspecies breeding. Hmm. Suspecting the temporal Cold War may be involved, Archer goes with Tapole to crewman Daniel's quarters where his database from the future is secured. While they search the database, T'Pol says she finds it unlikely that Vulcans and humans could reproduce because of their significant biological differences, causing Archer to wonder if a child with Vulcan and human parents would have pointed ears. Mm. Finally, they find information. Actually, this whole scene is really good because him and T'Pol are like looking at a computer together, and it's obviously just like a blank pane of glass that they're acting with, mm-hmm. but they're actually doing it really well. Yeah. And I, I like. The two leads in the series, like uh, pull and Archer, together have great chemistry. They work phenomenally together. Mm-hmm. Tucker too, I really like Tucker, like yeah. Reed. Honestly, this is a pretty good cast. This was yeah. a pretty good show. Yeah, Ho- Hoshi,
1: Hoshi's funny. Like, oh yeah, yeah Mayweather. Yeah,
0: I, uh, oh yeah, Mayweather's
1: good. Mm-hmm, yeah, like a um, yeah, like uh yeah. Everyone, everyone on the thing. Yeah, do, of course, Doctor Flox. Oh, Phlox. oh Phlox Don't is, forget Phlox.
0: Phlox is probably my favorite character on the show, besides Archer. <laughs> <laughs> Archer's really good, but Flox is just like. The comic relief, you know, he's the Mm -hmm. fish out of water besides to pull, but he's like way funnier.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that is like the thing where, you know, like I think a lot of like where Enterprise got kind of fucked over is like, yeah, after (laughs) 9-11. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and just, uh, yeah, I guess they went too far back, but yeah, I mean, mostly you know, everyone, you know, everyone on the show is enjoyable, like does have good, very good episodes.
0: So. Uh, finally, Archer and Topol find the information about the mysterious ship. Its commission date is almost 900 years in the future. Whoa. Uh, Archer remembers that Daniels talked about historians from the future who traveled back in time to study the past, which could be what the pilot was doing. Uh, the database says the small vessel is powered by a temporal displacement drive, which is probably why the Sulaban wanted mm. Archer is concerned that if they get their hands on it, they may use its technology to change the course of the Temporal Cold
1: War. Watch out, he's using technology. Mm. Archer <laughs> receives a call from the bridge.
0: Another alien vessel is approaching at high warp. Okay. Problems here. Not not with Enterprise. Hmm. With Star Trek Discovery. Hmm. So when they go approximately 900 years into the future in Discovery, which is about a 1,000 years after this, they are at... uh, It has happened about 100 years since an event which has destroyed most of the dilithium in the galaxy, making warp drive very difficult for everybody. Mm -hmm. This is a temporal displacement drive that is far different from from that. Mm -hmm. And they have it before that. So why do not all of the ships in the discovery future have a temporal displacement drive instead or a Romulan singularity drive, which the Romulan war bird uses, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have that in the 24th 23rd, late 23rd century. Yeah. Like they have multiple ways of warping without dilithium. However, Basically, the crux of I think season three of Discovery is mm-hmm. there in the future. There's no dilithium left, really. Yeah, which is like,
1: yeah, but uh, they have the mushroom drive, so they can go wherever.
0: But, but they also have temporal displacement drives, mm-hmm. and and fucking like, so it's
1: like, oh, yeah, I, I think I, the canon got all fudgy.
0: Oh no, I mean, in it's 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 obvious. No one who works on Discovery has watched all of Star Trek especially star Trek enterprise. Yeah. Cause star Trek enterprise actually clears up a lot of like TOS stuff and like yeah. fills in a lot of gaps and stuff. And I feel like discovery just tried to go back their first couple seasons and also do that. And I'm like, no,
1: yeah, I think they probably count on not. No one's really seen it, <laughs>
0: which sucks because like, I don't know. Yeah. Canon is important
1: to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll have their own reasons. Yeah. Better knows. Yeah. (laughs)
0: All right. So Archer and T'Pol arrive at the bridge where T'Pol says she recognizes the vessel as Tholian. Uh, Oh, sorry. I I missed a little bit there. So um, Archer receives a call from the bridge. Another alien vessel is approaching at high warp. Archer and T'Pol arrive at the bridge where T'Pol says she recognizes the vessel as Tholian, an extremely xenophobic race. Reed reports some unusual thermal readings. The temperature is over 200 degrees inside of the Tholian ship.
1: They like it hot, hot, hot. Indeed.
0: Some like it hot, and the Tholians <laughs> especially. So Paul says they're believed to be a non-humanoid species. Archer opens a channel with them and starts to talk, uh, but is interrupted by the Tholians who say they were sent to retrieve the vessel. They say it is dangerous for Enterprise's crew because of its, quote, temporal radiation. Mm -hmm. and their talking is really funny. It's like a bunch of like weird high pitches, and then you can kind of hear them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, beep! your temple, radiation, beep! (laughs) So Archer denies the request, and the Tholian ship locks onto Enterprise with a tractor beam. The captain tells the Tholians that if they don't release Enterprise, he'll destroy the vessel in the launch bay the Thelian ship withdraws and breaks off, leaving Archer to wonder if there are others who think they have a claim on this vessel. Phlox then joins T'Pol in the mess hall, and while eating, delightfully tells her that he's found another nucleotide sequence in the pilot's genome that appears to be Regalian. Mm -hmm. She tells the doctor that the captain asked her to perform a metallurgical analysis of the vessel's hull, revealing several unusual alloys. The doctor comments about Archer's theory that the vessel traveled from the future, and he thinks there's a lot of evidence to endorse it. To pull, however, remains skeptical. Flox remembers the Vulcan science... Uh, dis, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that word is. <laughs> uh, Vulcan remembers the science directorate, there we go, has asserted that time travel is impossible, and suggests that after Enterprise's findings, they might reconsider their option. She replies that the impossibility of time travel is not an opinion, but simple logic. Phlox remembers a time when Denoblians believed they were the only intelligent species in the galaxy until the bosserie made first contact, eventually, forcing even the hardened cynics to reevaluate their beliefs. Mm. To both states that she. First, you embrace logic over surprises.
1: Was it, it logical that you would encounter surprises?
0: Yeah, right? Like, there's nothing logical about the ship they're examining. And I like how she's like, oh, it's logic. It's literally bigger on the inside <laughs> than it is on the outside, you dumb Vulcan bitch.
1: Yeah. It's like, all right, explain it. Explain it.
0: Yeah, explain it with logic, please. Mm-hmm. Have ha- Have a shot. Like, go for it. Yeah. Explain how it defies physics. I'd like Mm -hmm. that. I'd like to hear that. (laughs) So in engineering, Reed and Tucker try to make the mysterious device work. Realizing that it could be from the 31st century, Reed recalls his childhood dream of building a time machine. But Tucker dislikes the idea of knowing the future and rejects the hypothetical invitation to go there. He gives an example uh, and he asks Reed to consider learning the name of the woman he will marry from a book from the future. Reed is like, I only like dick. I told you <laughs> For the last fucking time, Tucker, we can't all fuck pussy like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you didn't say that.
1: He um, should have though.
0: He should have. <laughs> um, so, uh, when he eventually married her, he would do it because he loved her or when he eventually married her, would he do it because he loved her or because of the foreknowledge he had received? Yeah. Reed thinks that is irrelevant. Finally, Trip Tucker manages to power up the device and goes to the ship to get some organic circuits to build an interface. In the launch bay, Tucker says that he would like to travel to the past to see dinosaurs, where Reed says he'd choose to go to 1588 to witness the defeat of the Spanish Armada. When they open a hatch on the vessel's hull, the situation repeats itself. Tucker anticipates Reed's choice of destination is 1588, while Reed has a feeling of repetition. The conversation starts over a third time, and each officer anticipates what the other is about to say.
1: Yeah, I like that scene. That was a really cool,
0: really well-played scene. Well, mm-hmm. I did, it was, yeah, really good. So they visit flocks to see what's happening with them, but the doctor can find nothing wrong. The poll says that the craft is emitting some type of high-energy particles Which could be the temporal radiation mentioned by the Tholians. Phlox believes they are unlikely to be any lasting effects since the radiation intensity is quite low. Archer orders Launch B2 sealed to prevent more incidents and learns from Tucker that he was unable to get data from the black box. Uh, Yeah,
1: and like that goes back to the beginning. Imagine if, like, yeah, Archer had just been like hit with a giant dose of temporal radiation. Right. Just like becomes a baby. He's like
0: (laughs) or he just dies.
1: Just keeps shrinking. Then it just becomes like a sperm and an egg that separates. He's like I wonder what's
0: in this craft.
1: Oh fuck I'm dying. Oh (laughs) Jesus.
0: Uh, That's it.
1: Well my skin's falling off. (laughs) (laughs) Again.
0: But not my foreskin. Yes. Uh, DePaul has to speak with the captain in private. And she comments that she thinks that it's too dangerous to keep the craft with them since they've been attacked by two hostile species and the radiation could spread to other sections of the ship. And Archer's like, how about I spread you to some other sections of my face? You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh,
0: She suggests uh, destroying the vessel. Archer dislikes this option, saying he is tired of the Temporal Cold War interfering in this century and it's time they took a more active role in it. Topol does not fully believe that this war really exists, but even so, she comments that they should not become involved.
1: It's so funny that they were, that this is such a big, like, thing. Like, imagine, like, yeah, it's like the first inaugural run of, of, of like, you know, Starfleet. And,
0: and they get caught up with a war 900 years in the yeah. future.
1: And it's just like, oh, there's all these uh, forces out to stop you from doing this very historic thing. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it'd be very interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, doop, uh, doop, 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 doop. Uh, Tupole does not fully believe that the temporal Cold War exists, but even so, she comments that they should not become involved. Archer replies that they've been involved since they left Space Dock. He also remembers that Daniels told him that there were other factions in this conflict and wonders if the Thelonians are working with one of them. T'Pol thinks that Archer's curiosity is placing Enterprise in an unnecessary uh, amount of danger, but he has already made his decision, saying that this situation is an important opportunity to gather information. She leaves the ready room, but advises Archer to put the ship on tactical alert. Uh, Archer enters engineering to see what Tucker has learned about the device, and Tucker is watching hardcore pornography. Again. (laughs) He accidentally gets a little on Archer's face, (laughs) and Archer gleefully wipes it off and puts it in his mouth. What? 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 Sorry, that's my fanfic. <laughs> Archer enters engineering to see what Tucker has learned about the device. Tucker says that it's not a black box or some kind of data storage matrix, but that it started to generate a subspace signature, working like an emergency signal, mm. Get a distress signal. Depol the informs them that there are several Suleban vessels approaching.
1: They're going right for the towers.
0: <laughs> Four of, and the Pentagon too.
1: Oh my god!
0: Uh, on the bridge, Tapul alerts them that the ships will be within weapons range soon. Archer orders the ship to go to maximum warp, but the Sulaban match their speed. With less than three minutes to rendezvous with Talkir, the captain tries to contact the Vulcans, but Sato gets no response. Instead, the Sulaban hail Enterprise and tell them to prepare to be boarded. Archer tells them that there is a Vulcan combat cruiser close by and that if they do not stop bothering the Enterprise, they will have more than one enemy. The Suluban commanding officer doesn't believe that the Vulcans would defend an Earth vessel and starts to fire trying to blast the launch bay doors. Does he not know that, like, I mean, this is pre-Federation, but they have, like, treaties, I imagine. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: mean, they're pretty cool with each other.
0: They're really cool with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Enterprise drops out of warp near the rendezvous point, uh, where they see the Talkir almost destroyed by Thalonian vessels, which the Enterprise as it approaches. Also, the Enterprise does have a Vulcan officer on it. Like T'Pol's not Starfleet.
1: Yeah, I mean she was visible when they were video communicating, so it's just like
0: Yeah, hey, I'm a Vulcan here, they'll defend me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Guy, hello.
0: Hello Vulcans in the house. Um
1: and then they are carrying a, uh, as they Suliban know, they, they are carrying like an, ex, uh, extremely viable experimental spaceship. Yeah. Like, well to them it's experimental, but it's just like, yeah. Why wouldn't also the Vulcan be interested in that?
0: Right. And also, uh, why didn't enterprise, I mean, Archer could have used literally the same tactic again and been like, uh, if you keep pursuing us, we're going to
1: destroy the vessel Yeah. again, again, Like, Come on. Um, you can't use it too many times. If he uses it too many times, then they're going to know he's bluffing.
0: No, I mean, eat one time per race, right? Yeah, it's true. You already did true. the others, now you can do the Thelonians. So, <laughs> Enterprise drops out of warp near the rendezvous point, where they see the Talkeer almost destroyed by Thonian vessels, um, with its warp core heavily damaged, which see Enterprise as it approaches. Enterprise tries to escape the Thelonian ships, but they all fire together, disabling the warp engines, weapons, and hull plating. The cell ships drop out of warp and start a firefight with the other aliens. Archer asks Tucker about the warp engines and is told that it will take a few hours to fix them all. The weapons have also been rendered inoperable by scrambled power relays. Archer orders Tucker to bring the mysterious device online, believing its subspace signature could bring the future vessel's builders to help Enterprise. DePool thinks that even if the captain is right, it is unlikely that aid will arrive in time. And they might uh, be doomed. Boom boom boom. Uh he asks Reed to get a torpedo and send it to the launch bay where he is headed. <clears throat> Tholians and Suleban, uh sorry, uh once there, uh Archer and Reed try to remove a warhead from the torpedo to destroy the future craft. The uh Topol informs the captain that the Suleban are losing the battle with more than half of their ships already destroyed and that there is not much time left. When they finally remove the warhead, time repeats itself just as it did with Tucker and Reed earlier, and he tries to remove it once again, but faster before the loop repeats itself again. Once again, this is a really cool scene Mm that they're doing this. Although time is repeating itself in the launch bay, outside the launch bay it's not. All the Suliban ships are now defeated and the Tholians hail to pull, asking once more for the vessel. T'Pol tries to delay them, but their ships dock with the Enterprise. Stick their their dick right in their (laughs) foreskin. Security teams rush to the airlock as the Tholians try to blast the doors. Meanwhile, Tucker manages to get the future device online. Despite the time loops, Archer manages to put the warhead on the ship and opens the launch bay doors, dropping it into open space. A Tholian ship locks onto it with a tractor beam. Reed tries to detonate the warhead, but it is too late. The Tholians have neutralized it. Fuck. They done fucked up.
1: Yeah, they, they saw through their farce.
0: Yep. Um, so, in engineering, the future device disappears in front of Tucker, along with the corpse in sickbay, and the vessel itself. The Tholian ships withdraw, causing Archer to wonder why they didn't continue the fight. With the battle ended, Archer asks about the Tal'kir's status. Their warp engine is damaged, but the life support is still stable, and he prepares the shuttle pod to go and help the Vulcan ship. The captain still doesn't believe what happened. Tucker, pull and Archer are now dining, having having some... I don't know what it is because like Archer is obviously eating breakfast, but mm-hmm. I think the other two are eating other
1: meals. Yeah. Um, DePaul is eating soup.
0: Yeah. She's eating soup with like a, a, a glass of water with like a lemon in it. Mm-hmm. And fucking Archer's over here having like a fucking colorful breakfast. And he has a, he has, he has literally a pitcher of orange juice to himself. Oh
1: yeah. And who yeah.
0: drinks that much fucking orange juice? Yeah. Goddamn! Replicate yourself a large glass. You don't need a pitcher, Archer. That's weird,
1: dude. And I think uh, Tucker was eating like a steak dinner.
0: That sounds right. Which yeah. if if he was drinking orange juice, that's fucking
1: that is weird, maddening.
0: Please don't. <laughs> yeah, but they're all eating like different meals, even though they're all on the same shift. Making
1: making poor chef have to make three separate meals.
0: Yeah, because there's this is yeah this is still in the time before food replicators, so they mm-hmm. do have a chef on the ship.
1: Though I wonder if he maybe does make a daily menu and you can order off of it.
0: How many oranges do they have on this fucking ship?
1: It could just be Tang. could be like a powdered orange drink. That's fair. Yeah. Like, just like, like you know, they are space people. So. Be that Poon Tang. <laughs> <laughs> Cootie Tang starring um Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. <laughs> that was movie that was written by Louis C.K.,
0: uh, yes And wasn't Was it directed by him too I think
1: Probably I can't remember I think it might have been But yeah That's so wild
0: <laughs> I mean he wrote uh, He was the head writer For the entire Chris Rock show which Wow wild to me Yeah,
1: yeah. Now but, he's I think he's trying to enter Like the alt-right comedy scene
0: Good for him. So Tucker to pull an Archer dining, and Tucker says that he wishes he had more time to explore the future ship, wondering how many rooms could be down inside the giant
1: up here. Ooh, yeah, that would have been a cool. Also, yeah, just like uh, house house, leave stuff. Yeah, yeah, where he's like Tucker, just like ends up having some profound, like the you know the whole the it wasn't the um the house that Mm -hmm. was the adventure.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the Minotaur didn't actually exist. It was actually him, like, <sighs> folding in on himself. Yeah. Like the book. Like the book? Maybe. Maybe. You yeah, know, it's, it's up to interpretation. There's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. So it appears everything was sent back to the 31st century, but Tupol says there's no evidence to support that view. Tucker replies that there's no evidence to contradict it either, but he still does not understand how quickly everything disappeared since the device was online for less than a minute. Archer says the time is irrelevant to these people as if it were from the future, whoever sent it had plenty of time to locate the signal and then travel back to any point in time to retrieve it, which is actually a good point.
1: Yeah. Like this bill and Ted it happened to bill and Ted. Remember they, true, true. they, you know, like, all right, well let's make sure we do this next time.
0: <laughs> so Tucker leaves and alone with Depol. The captain says that he will make contact with the Vulcan High Command to apologize for the trouble to T'Lekhir and thank them for the help. T'Pol thinks that the gesture will be appreciated and before leaving, she says that the High Council asked her to prepare a report about the incident with Captain Archer's permission, of course. Mm-hmm. Why is she asking permission? She's yeah. still part of Vulcan, like she's part of their government.
1: Uh, I think because she I mean at this point yeah, she's, you know, respects Archer. And, and cares about his, um,
0: I, I guess, but like, she's literally on that ship to like,
1: but yeah, she does have superiors and on yeah. you know, Vulcan superiors that she answers to Like if, before. If, if Archer, Archer
0: said no, what would she say? Like, uh, it's kind of my job guy. Like, yeah. It's like, fuck, well,
1: guy? okay. I won't. And then does it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. It's just, it's, she's just doing it to be polite. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Archer gives her permission and wonders what the high command will make of Vulcans and humans exchanging chromosomes someday.
1: Yeah, which is, like, a low-key, like, um, him like, flirting, I think. Oh, it is. It's like,
0: (laughs) I, uh, wonder what they'll think, knowing that,
1: uh... I'm just gonna dip my toe into this.
0: So he actually, like, earlier when they're, like, looking at the computer screen and he's talking to her about it, he's, like, uh... Oh, it's uh, crazy that uh, we could mate. Not you and I, but Vulcans and humans. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like a moment of, huh? <laughs> <laughs> could they con- couldn't they? And they, were, they never really had any romantic intrigue, did they? Yeah. I mean, but everyone ships them, obviously. Yeah. it's a great ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so T'Pol then responds dryly uh, that the Vulcan High Council is probably more likely to believe in time travel.
1: I mean, at this point, how can you deny it? It's just kind of like, it's kind of like, um, but the I mean, Scully, the, like, Agent Scully type shit, right? Where,
0: but this is, this is very early in evidence yeah, of time travel for them. But that's it's true. It's weird that, like, humans, as soon as they get warp drive, they start encountering time travelers. But Vulcans have it for like 200 years already. And, like, humans encounter it first?
1: Well, I think it's because, like, there is, like, um, the Sula, like the Sula ban, you know, and stuff are the tip because of the temporal cold war is happening and it just so happens to revolve around this very historic moment in time. I guess. It's kind of like, you know, there's probably like lots of, you know, time traveling around like Hitler, people trying to kill him, you know, time travelers trying to kill him.
0: <laughs> I, suppose. <laughs> I suppose. But that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, what would you think?
1: I liked it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh,
0: for a season two enterprise episode, this is pretty good.
1: Yeah. There's like some fun moments, you know, obviously like the, the, um, time loops. It was really fun. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, like, uh, I like how they kind of dealt with that situation. It's mm-hmm. very.
0: Suliban or fine race. Do we ever see the Tholians?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're little, little dudes.
0: Oh, there's a the little guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a little like spider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember those things. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, those are those are fun little guys. Yeah, fun little guys. Fun little guys. Uh yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode for you know, for what it was. Uh for Enterprise. Good acting. Pretty solid yeah. script. Uh good direction. hmm Yeah, it wasn't it didn't I mean
1: I like the 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 uh friend uh relationship that uh Trucker and Reed have. Like Yeah.
0: Like, I mean it's it's more like they're, they're friends. They're yeah, friends. they're friends. They're just like dicks little, to each other. Rie which is kind a, of funny.
1: Yeah, Reed can be a be a shit sometimes. Yeah, he can. And, he's
0: he's like the military guy. So. Yeah,
1: and uh, and then uh, yeah, and obviously like uh, to pull smoke show. Oh yeah. Like uh, love seeing to pull. Like uh, yeah, great. I thought it was a good episode, and plus, and it it, it um yeah um, uh, furthers like the 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 main, you know, through plot.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like I don't love the temporal cold war at all. I don't even like it. But this is one of the stronger temporal cold wars. Yeah. I mean,
1: like, yeah, as we said, like, you know, time travel. Right. Overused. Thankfully it's
0: not like, you know, fucking that guy like just talking at Archer for like twenty minutes about the future. Like Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's better than a lot of a lot of the episodes that are in the storyline.
1: So not bad.
0: I'd give it like a seven six and a half out of ten.
1: Yeah. Same. Maybe maybe a 7. Maybe yeah, seven. around that. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like okay. I mean Yeah, that's good. I like enough. it when they do stuff that's not that.
0: Yeah, like just, they're, they're more episodic episodes are by far the better ones. And that's why seasons 3 and 4 superior to mm-hmm. seasons 1 and 2 of Enterprise. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that is all of our old Trek for the week. And with that, uh do you want to choose the new random episode for next week? Yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, explain this to people who don't know, real quick. Um, we go ahead and we have uh, 820 episodes in the running. We choose a random episode number and choose the production episode number there and watch that episode. So, with that, you ready to choose a number, Mr. Machine? I most certainly am. Here we go. So, we choose, uh, we watch the third number we get here. So, okay. first number, go for it. 475 not watching that that's probably what that's somewhere in Voyager DS9. Mm-hmm. All right, next episode that we're not watching go for it. 204 that's going to be probably in TNG yeah, TNG. It's got to be in TNG somewhere. Uh maybe maybe very early DS. No. Mm. No, no, that's definitely in TNG. Okay. Yeah. So, And the last and final number, the episode that we will be watching next week. Go for it. (laughs) One, two, seven. One hundred and twenty seven. And we're going to do a fun new little thing here where uh, you get to guess what episode we're watching. So, first off, what series do you think it is?
1: Um, That TOS. 127? Yeah. No. Oh, it would be TNG, early, first season TNG. Yeah, there's
0: only like 80 episodes of, oh, okay. of TOS. So, uh, yes, early TNG, what what season do you think? First. It is first season. Uh, what episode number do you think?
1: I would probably be... Like, uh, what, 20 something?
0: 23. Wow. Do you have any guesses as to what episode it is?
1: No. Can't think.
0: It's one of the final episodes of season one. What happens near the very end of season one? The most important thing that happens at the end of season one. It is none other than Skin of Evil, the episode where Tasha Yar is killed oh, by a tar monster. <laughs> which will be a great episode to watch. I think. I think we'll have a lot of fun with that one. It is oh, a, yeah. it is not a good episode, but it will be fun to take a big tar shit on.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, Yasha Tar.
0: Yeah, Yasha Tar,
1: uh Tasha Yar, yeah. Yeah. Wow yeah that that is like yeah one of the most iconic yeah she's forever trapped in the um in the windows 98 screenshaver
0: speaking of tasha yar a uh, fun fun little fact that was actually just announced today uh denise crosby is joining uh to be a regular host of the um the seventh rule the podcast with syrock lofton oh from cool. ds9 which is interesting because they've uh they've just been going through all the DS9 episodes. I think now they're going to start going through the TNG
1: episodes now that they have her. Yeah. As he, he, did he have like any like a uh, regular host after Aaron Eisenberg died?
0: Yeah. They have another guy named Matt or Mark or something. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's all right, but like yeah. he has a little less, connection. he's a writer or something. He's, he's, he's not a bad co-host. It's just like Aaron Eisenberg, obviously Nog, Jake, there's something yeah. special there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was missing a little bit. I'm, I'm excited to see what Denise brings to the show though. She's, you know, I always like uh, hearing interviews with her and stuff. She's obviously, you know, a very willful person. I mean, she was, she was like the only person who stood up to Gene Roddenberry yeah, and fucking and Rick Berman and she got fucking canned, which is amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. She said, I want off cause fuck this. And she got off, which is yeah. rad.
1: So yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And she snuck in like that little, have you seen that little clip of her waving goodbye? Yeah. 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 That, <laughs> that is great.
0: And also, um, Denise Crosby absolute fucking smoke show. Yes. Like honestly like Tasha Yar did a lot to me. It was sexually mm-hmm. very informative. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean it is kind of sad that she was kind of just fucked over and cuz you it would have been interesting to see like how she would have evolved on TNG had she stayed on. Absolutely. Like, cuz I would... mean, you
0: know, she she's a great actress and mm-hmm. she was always good as you know herself in two other episodes of TNG, and her daughter clone, whatever, in two episodes of TNG as mm-hmm. a Romulan. Like she's always good. She always. I mean, the the problem was like season one of TNG did not give her anything to work with. Like the no. stuff that focused on her, like the African episode,
1: sucks. Yeah, that's why I was afraid that would have been in that one. That, uh,
0: that that one. Whenever, if we ever get to it, is going to be fucking funny to do.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And we're going <laughs> to That, do is, a, that is like one of the most just, dog shit episodes. Yeah, uh
0: just a heads up, when we do that episode, uh you're going to have to do it in blackface. Uh, no. I didn't give you a choice. <laughs> I said you're going to have to. I don't know if you really know what that word means, have to, but I got the pass. And once again, not an option. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gun. I will show it to you, and I will threaten to kill you with it if you don't do what I say. Just saying. Put on the makeup. Put on the makeup. That,
1: that is the risk that we have, like with early, um, early TNG episodes. It's what like, racism? Yeah, just like the the worst episodes. Well, any any first season, mostly. Of- I mean,
0: that, that's fine though. I mean, we've already watched bad episodes of like TOS and discovery and whatever so that's
1: true that's true
0: i mean and also like i mean you weren't here for this but i i reviewed the entire second season of Picard. yeah i've been through the worst through hell and back yeah i mean there's no episode that i like i'm like not that episode because i'm like hey it's not picard season two exactly like i get to review something i don't hate as much as picard season two that's great it's a beautiful day uh, which you know, I couldn't get the rights it, to for for it, for it, it does
1: it does uh does have like an effect that makes everything else look better in comparison. Oh, yeah, like Pic- Picard season two just it like, really does.
0: Maybe that's why they made it is just to like boost the entire rest of the franchise.
1: Yeah, just just so when uh just so happened to be released on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Interesting, as I call it, all, all of Paramount the, positive. All of the uh, all of the episodes mm-hmm. of all the treks were now on there, so mm-hmm. now you can see that with a brand new light. Like wow. These are all amazing. Amazing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, uh, with that, uh, now that we've got our random episode for next week, do you want to get into the Klingon word of the day? Yeah. Let's do it.
1: the Klingon word of the day. Today's Klingon word is Nosva. Nosva. Which means deodorant. Interesting. I don't wear Nosva. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's filled with a bunch of aluminum. It, it You can it get actually, non-aluminum it, deodorant. It closes your pores. It oh, makes you no, no, sweat no, no, more. No, makes you no, no,
0: no, no, you were talking about antiperspirant which is a very different thing from deodorant. Deodorant <laughs> is uh, a eau perfume mm-hmm. made solid, right? Okay. And so it's just a scented stick of some sort. Mm-hmm. It does not naturally contain aluminum. That is antiperspirant, which is something they add to de- deodorant. It is an additive. Mm-hmm. and it, uh, Yes, it is fucking terrible. And they've linked yes. it to cancer. However, you can get all types of deodorant without that. I myself use unscented Arm & Hammer. <sighs> which is a wonderful deodorant. It makes it so...
1: Un- unscented Nozvah. Unscented Nozvah. Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: and uh, it doesn't make me smell like a derelict pizza restaurant at all times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like the way I stink. Uh,
0: you know, it could be like a derelict like Chinese restaurant. So yeah, that's true. it could be worse. Yeah. Pepperoni doesn't age so poorly.
1: <laughs> Kung Pao chicken. I mean pepperoni's does. already cured. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 aged already, so. Yeah. It only starts to smell better. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> people ask me what my favorite thing uh, the cure has done is. I say pepperoni.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yep, <laughs> With that joke that
0: totally bombed um, You ready to get into some subspace transmissions, my Hell friend?
1: Hell yeah Here we go, let's warp away Subspace
0: Transmissions Subspace Transmission. Transmission. At Subspace Transmissions, that part of the show where we go through and find out commentary of what other people think and say about the episode we just watched online. Oh, boy. And guess what? Since this is an old, old episode, we've got a lot of reviews from IMDB, International Movie Database. This, right. isn't, this isn't a movie, and it's not international, but mm. it is in the database somehow. Hmm. I fun. mean, I guess it's data. So data's in Star Trek, so it's a database. Do you think data would freebase if Brent Spiner like freebase crack cocaine? That'd be a database, right?
1: Yeah, I mean he probably does. Could have fallen on dark times at some point. I mean,
0: that's why he can only play characters named Soon. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: he's lost his spark. Yeah, he killed all other other ability. The uh, he killed off the ability to conceive of characters that aren't Soons. <laughs> that aren't
0: Soongs or data or lore.
1: Yeah. Amazing. In his personal life, he calls everyone "soon."
0: <laughs> he call, that's that's what he calls his wife when he comes inside of her. Like, Are you my soon?
1: I'm about to soon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, so uh, so we have got to uh, get some 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 doozies, some reviews. Uh, no, no real bad ones. But uh, hmm. let's. Uh, would you rather go top to bottom, bottom to top?
1: Let's go bottom to top.
0: Sounds like gay sex. (laughs) All right. Um, So uh, we start out with the lowest rating on this episode, which is a 7 out of 10. Wow. From uh, Plankton Rules, who we've heard from before. Oh, yeah. Man,
1: what doesn't he review? He reviews all the the tracks. Mm -hmm.
0: So, I mean, so do we.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm.
0: So uh, Plankton Rules says on March 27th, 2015... Really good, but it sagged a bit when things started repeating themselves. He says, When the show begins, Enterprise encounters a very odd space capsule. Inside, they find a dead man, and he's been dead for a long time. However, Dr. Phlox's autopsy discovers something that shocks them all. The human has traces of Vulcan DNA! And later, Phlox also finds evidence of other alien DNA. Slowly, they come to
1: realize... Mm. That he was actually the bottom in a no-loads-refused orgy. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> That's why they kept finding all this DNA on him.
0: Are you reading this comment or my diary?
1: <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I mean, he, he agreed to no-loads-refused. So
0: No-loads-refused no bug-catcher orgy. Wow. <laughs> That's heavy stuff, man. Damn. Uh, is bug-catching still a thing now that, like, HIV isn't really a huge problem at all?
1: I mean, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea.
0: You're not on the swarms?
1: No, I'm not. I'm sorry. So gay, dude.
0: (laughs) Soon, Sullivan uh, ships show up and insist that Archer turn over this capsule. When he naturally refuses, more Sullivan ships appear and begin attacking. Enterprise takes off in space and soon finds that their support of Vulcan ship has been attacked by Tholians. And now the Tholians want the capsule as well. Is there any way out of this mess? This is a pretty exciting episode and I like the idea of them finding a dead doctor who like being but the show also suffers from two things too many occurrences where th- scenes are repeated again and again due to spatial anomalies and this is quite annoying
1: I thought that was like one of the best parts of Yeah I thought that was funny yeah.
0: Also by the end of the show nothing is really accomplished worth seeing but a bit weak it is that's true nothing really changes by the end of the episode but that's kind of the point of episodic, episodic Star Trek is everything is reset by the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and I would I would say like they were, it, I mean, it, it is fun to watch um, them explore a ship that's completely out of their understanding. I think that stuff's fun. True, true. So I like the Rendezvous with Rama books. Mm-hmm. They're really cool where it's like, you know, humans exploring like this alien spaceship that's completely... Bizarre to them, and they this don't find they don't r- see
0: anything. Rendezvous with ramen.
1: Uh, Rama, <laughs> ramen, <laughs> ramen. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah, That's called that because uh, they stop at a ramen restaurant. Oh, that's it's a, in space.
0: I love noodles. Yeah, it's me too. They're good. If you're listening to this, uh, send nudes. Send noodles. I'm actually, I I actually mean nudes. Oh, like if you're my a fan bad. of the show, just send them to you at soy <laughs> trick. I, I want to see your dick, your tits, your pussy, your ass, whatever, whatever you got, any Damn. any kind of genitals. Uh unless they're yucky genitals. <laughs> and also I'm not a big fan of like lots of body hair. Don't send me Bush, please. Unless it's George W, you know what I'm saying? Give me a high five. Shh. Give me a high five. He did nine um, eleven. He did nine yeah, eleven. He did. He did nine eleven. He did. I'd like him to do sixty-nine <laughs> eleven.
1: You know what I'm
0: talking about? <laughs> sucking and fucking <laughs> sucking and fucking space trucking.
1: No loads refused. This is
0: your even from george w bush
1: man what, that's a that's a good what, question yeah well what,
0: what would you do if george w bush turned up to the orgy in which you are the no loads refused bottom
1: like and michael moore's like i don't know man that is a good question yeah i mean you if you agree that's to next no, michael moore if documentary to, if you agree to no loads refused like you would have to take but then I don't know. I feel like other peop- the others should chase him out. Like he would not be allowed in the party.
0: You know, who also has a uh, no loads refuse policy? Uh-uh. Uh, Metallica.
1: <laughs> 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 Which, and their loads should be refused. <laughs> yes, th- and reload. And reload. And, refuse that.
0: Uh, that is refuse. Because you <laughs> throw it in a, a trash can. <laughs> so next we have a comment from Radio Brat another 7 out of 10 here mm. from uh, 27th or sorry 29th of January 2012 and uh, their title is simply Borg they say this is clearly a forebodes the Borg think about it temporal energy a body in a pod that is several species DNA if you listen carefully to the sound effects used when the beacon is act- activated in the ship the body and the beacon disappear. It is the same used when the Borg would beam on or off in Star Trek Next Generation or Star Trek Voyager. In addition, if you look at the set design of the ship, you will notice similar features to the Borg vessel. Also, the man, while burnt or disfigured, appears gray in appearance and seems to have clothing similar in appearance to. A Borg! This was a problem for me with all Star Trek series. They went to the well one too many times with the Borg theme. Yeah. Well, they are one of my favorite bad guys. It was just a lazy way to get another episode done.
1: But then how how, how do they explain not finding any um inorganic components on him? That's very
0: true. And also, like, I like how this guy is like, is this about the Borg? And uses the rest of the fucking review to be like, this is why I don't like other Star Trek is because they have too much Borg. And I'm like, but they didn't have the
1: Borg. Yeah, they <laughs> You did.
0: just think they did.
1: Yeah, you just. It's your mean, bad theory, man. I mean, like, uh, I'm going to guess, going to have to guess, like, the um, the beaming noise was probably just some guy. The sound engineer. Yeah, just, just some
0: effect that they didn't want to have to yeah.
1: record again. Yeah, he's probably like, uh, beaming noise. Uh, uh this one.
0: Beep. Uh, <laughs> laser 11. Cool. Got it. Do, got do it, it. Done. And done. Yeah. Next sound. <laughs> like That's someone, this person obviously does not understand Foley art. Because, like, Foley art is, like, I mean, it's interesting, but it is, like, intense. Yeah. Like, making sounds for everything yeah. is interesting work. Yeah.
1: It is, yeah. It's it, it's fascinating like when you like read something and uh, for a movie and you read about what they did to accomplish yeah. the noise and it's just like something completely fascinating. You would have never thought of doing that. But it's like but it is it is an art form and like it takes some truly creative people to come up with some of these noises. <laughs> right.
0: And like there's some stuff like, yeah, walking in leaves and snow, like mm-hmm. someone was like uh like tearing paper as they got it wet or something like that. There's, yeah. there's like crazy shit that like how would you even think of that? Like yeah. it's
1: cool. Next level thinking. Yeah. Right? Like truly like the next Einstein. Yeah, truly like <laughs> is, is among it, those people. Yeah. It's like
0: spatial thinking beyond space mm-hmm. into like the realm of like hearing, which is really crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so uh next we have a eight star review from Claudio Carvalho from the 18th of January 2008, I think our uh, earliest, yeah, very much so our earliest review <laughs> from this segment. So, Claudio says eight stars. The pod from the future. <laughs> the Enterprise finds a pod drifting in space, and after opening it in Bay Launch Two, Bay Launch Two, <laughs> Archer discovers a human body. While investigating the interior of the pod, Trip and Reed find a mysterious stairway and conclude that somehow the ship is bigger inside. Meanwhile, Dr. Phlox finds that the DNA of the pilot was Vulcan and other alien genomes. When the hostiles Suliban and Tholian threaten the Enterprise with their warships demanding the deliver of the pod, Archer calls to Paul, and they go to Daniel's cabin they unravel that the commission of the pod is 900 years ahead in the future. Future tense, has interesting concepts, and is full of action. The idea of a vessel bigger inside is revolutionary and original Mm -hmm. against the existing principles of physics and therefore very intriguing. Yeah. First off, Doctor Who did that 40 years earlier? Yeah. (laughs) That's not... Revolutionary nor original at all. No. Uh, so he continues. The reluctance of Topol in accepting that the pod is from the future is acceptable based on the logical principles of the Vulcan culture. However, how can she explain or contradict what she saw in Daniel's cabin? My vote is eight. Hm.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Topol is definitely yet yeah, being the Scully. Where no, oh, yeah. Being just—I uh, mean, that's
0: all the Vulcans do, really.
1: Yeah, being overwhelmed with with uh, evidence, and then just being like, "Well, no, <laughs>
0: my my mind think doesn't like it, no." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. Next, we got a uh, comment from Samuel Shovel. Great name. Mm. Uh, gives another eight stars here from the twenty third of November, twenty seventeen. He says, "The Enterprise finds the Tardis." <laughs> We open on this episode with the Enterprise discovering an unknown vessel floating in space with no signs of life around it. Archer and the gang bring it onto the Enterprise for further inspection. It's soon clear that this vessel is a lot more complicated than it seems, and Starfleet isn't the only organization that wants to get its hands on it. And the strangest thing, the body inside belongs to a human hybrid. <laughs> Archery Enterprise is really starting to heat up on the back end of this season two. We've had a couple really good episodes in a row, including this one. Star Trek Enterprise has definitely been hinting and playing around with the concept of time travel with the temporal Cold War, and we seem to be getting near and near to some kind of confrontation. The the bigger-on-the-inside space vessel was a nice touch to the futuristic technology of this time-traveling species. I also enjoy the time distortion the vessel caused when people were near. That was a cool idea, I think. Yeah. It also added a sense of confusion and uneasiness to the episode. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't look as if the humans' relationship with the Soliban are getting any better. But more importantly, there appears to be a new player in town. The Tholian's interest in the unidentified spacecraft adds a new subplot to follow in the upcoming temporal cold war. They appear to be extremely hostile and even more powerful than the Solobans, Not to mention their voices are disconcerting. Mm-hmm. What is their involvement in all of this? Boom, boom, boom. This episode did a good job of furthering the season's overarching plot, but also gave us many new questions to consider. Who are these Tholians? Whose spacecraft was that? Why did Trip and Reed continue to do dangerous things without letting any other crew know of their whereabouts? They always do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, How, who do they, they don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah.
0: Like Tri- Trip Tucker, especially, doesn't give a fuck. He's oh, yeah. always doing dumb shit. Same with Archer. I mean, everyone on that ship is reckless. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get at least a couple answers soon. <laughs> okay. got two more comments here. Both of them nines. No one gave us 10 out of 10. Oh. Apparently it wasn't worth it. Uh, do we want Ellsworth Bentley or Humanity first? Humanity. So this one is spelled.
1: Oh, the humanity. This one is
0: spelled H-U-G-H manity, like Hugh the Borg, which mm-hmm. I think is great.
1: There's also uh Humanity, M A N A T E E, oh, no okay. or T E. Uh, that's in um, uh, Venture Brothers. Right, he, right. He's right. he plays like um, uh, he plays uh the Monarch's uh, arch nemesis after Doctor Venture. He's like, oh, I just want to make make everyone happy. <laughs>
0: what do you? What's the biggest water man- mammal you'd have sex with? <sighs> Consensual, like it says. Like, hey, Pat, it's okay. Fuck me.
1: Oh, I mean I feel Probably has to be a mammal As I, I said aquatic mammal Oh yeah did you say aquatic mammal yeah. Oh yeah um, Mermaid
0: They don't have pussies
1: Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> They do lay They, cla- they, they only have buttholes <laughs> Even better
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah I wonder what it would be like To gape a mermaid
2: Hmm
1: it would just be like those weird little fish poops that trail behind them. That's cool. <laughs> It'd just be like gills. I think, yeah, because
0: they they don't have gills that you can see, right? Maybe they're on the side of their mermaid parts. I don't know.
1: I mean, I've never actually met one, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've jerked off to a lot of them, but they weren't. I don't know if they were
1: real. It's kind of like the mermaid in um in the lighthouse. Yeah, you know, that was all fucked up.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I did. I actually did jerk off to it just like that. Interesting. No, nah, it was more pathetic. But
1: yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you had like the little like carving of the of the mermaid. Yeah. And That's what it was. Oh, it was. I was actually
0: just watching that scene from the. Beginning. Oh, <laughs> was, got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Masturbating to it. It's
1: like hell's yeah, it's intense. Hell's yeah, our pat. All
0: right, so we got first um, this comment from Humanity. Uh says, on March 31st, 2021, 9 out of 10. Great episode. This had everything that makes a great Trek episode. One, the intermingling. Vulcans, Philibon, and Tholians all converging in this episode. Mm. Two, continuity. This episode continues the temporal Cold War storyline, but with a whole new twist. Multiple factions vying for a future tech price. Three, mystery. A mystery ship with a mystery dead pilot, a ship that's bigger on the inside than the outside, and a black box <laughs> that does who knows what for space battles. They clearly spent some money on this one. Zulabon mm-hmm. versus Enterprise, and then versus Tholian was cool. Probably the best episode yet. Watching in order, those so how good this though could be when done properly. Potential wasn't the problem for NFIs, it was consistency. Yeah, you yeah. can see that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, it was a consistency problem, and it got more consistent in the latter two seasons. But by then, like, the damage had already been done, and no one was interested. That's true, and 24 was taken over.
1: Oh yeah! For not enough time. Got to have that kefir. Not enough kefir time. time. Kefir t- torturing people extrajudicially. Mm-hmm. Smoke, <laughs> smoking that kefir. Ooh. Smoking oh. that kefir shit that makes me torture. You.
0: <laughs> <laughs> smoking smoking them that endo makes me kill brown people. <laughs> All right. So last comment here. Uh, nine out of ten. Ellensworth Bentley says on the 26th of February, 2022, just a few months ago, even a stopwatch is correct two times a day. That's not,
1: that's not the quote anyway. Well, yeah, it's not the quote at all. A stopwatch, a stopwatch is just like counts to 60 seconds. Yeah. A stopwatch, A
0: stopwatch <laughs> is correct. If you're timing something, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, <laughs> a stopwatch is,
0: Correct. As many times a day as you needed to be. Ah, uh,
1: yes. It's 25 o'clock. <laughs>
0: 25 <laughs> seconds o'clock.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Ellensworth Bentley says The time travel episodes are excellent, in my honest opinion. Loops happen. We're going to need more time. Say it again. How many times have we done this? Nice nod to Highlands, The Number of the Beast. I don't know what he was talking about there, really. But
1: cool. Oh, Robert Heinlein?
0: Yeah, I know who Heinlein mm. is, but I don't. Yeah. I haven't read Number of the Beast. Or no, I haven't references at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, Heinlein, Yeah, he's kind of a weird dude. Where he's kind of right wing. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and like uh, stuff like a uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. It's like, uh, yeah. then um,
0: although I do really like the the concept of like groking.
1: Yeah, like, oh yeah, grok I grok Spock. Yeah, I grok. Uh, yeah, I,
0: I drink him in, baby. Yeah,
1: grok, grok. Yeah, grok is a grok is a good word. Yeah, grok my cum, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he was a wife swapper.
0: Ooh, like like uh fucking flocks
1: yeah yeah i think i'm pretty sure he swapped wives with like l ron hubbard and shit like he did that kind of, kind of crap oh, yeah. and he was very supportive of uh philip k dick financially but uh cause he did help encourage like philip k dick to write cool I but mean, that's, yeah that's
0: he, a good thing philip k dick was rad and like a drug addle fucking weirdo yeah
1: yeah all of his shit yeah i mean all of his shit was basically fueled like every single movie <laughs> made in the 80s yeah yeah yeah
0: I'm a bunch of 90s
1: shit too. yeah 90s shit yeah 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 we love it but yeah and of course like and of course like it is funny like also reading like yeah starship troopers and it is like like uh i, I love
0: the book is very different from the novel yes like the, the book is actually Almost what the novel is satirizing, yeah. or sorry, it's, it's the book is almost what the mm-hmm. movie is satirizing. Yeah, yeah, like it's actually kind of super jingoistic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, the the movie is genius. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, like,
0: um, yeah. Uh, Paul Verhoeven is a mad fucking genius. We love Paul Verhoeven.
1: Oh yeah, love him.
0: All right. Well, uh, that is the end of. so oh, did we?
1: Did you read the last? Yeah, I read the last one. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that is the end of subspace obituaries it was it was a short one it was the Ellensworth Bentley number of the beast thing.
1: oh that's that's all it was yeah
0: oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very very short uh, oh, interesting so, so um the yeah that's the end of uh, subspace well yeah subspace transmissions mm-hmm. and with that we are getting near the end of the show but before we say goodbye we need to say goodbye to a very very special person who gave huh. The ultimate sacrifice. Aww. It's time for a Richard obituary. Will the oh, awaiting yeah. oh, yeah. was oh, in a pinch when somebody pitch. had to die.
1: But, but thanks, thanks a, a lot, time, time to beam up to, to the, the great, big, big red shirt in the sky. sky.
0: Today we remember David Marcus, who, although not Starfleet, was a civilian researcher that died on a Starfleet mission. Mm. He was serving a mission aboard the USS Grissom under Captain J.T. Esteban. Mm. Marcus succumbed to injuries from a Klingon duktog, Duktaug? Duktaug. Mm. Klingon Duktaug, the knife, after defending Lieutenant Savick from it, taking the knife instead and ending his life. He was most fondly remembered as the biological son of Captain James T. Kirk and the reason for Kirk's racism towards Klingons (laughs) in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered
1: Country. Yeah, then instantly forgot about him.
0: (laughs) Yep, and then after six, goodbye again, we forget you.
1: Well, I got my best friend slash lover back, so... We're all good. So, bye, David! So, rest in
0: peace among the stars, David Marcus, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I
1: guess. R.I.P., bozo. Suck my dick. <laughs> hey, that's the show. Where can we find you online to suck your dick? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Potomac Bomb. Mm-hmm. Cool. And how where, about you, Brent? Where Brit? can we
0: find you on Truth Social?
1: Truth Social, I'm at um, Anime Hitler. No, I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, yeah no no keep going i'm
0: almost finished <laughs> i got anime got hitler
1: no 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 i'm not on true social unfortunately i should make an account there maybe that's like that's the next foray for a soy trek.
0: yeah let's pretend we're like a super red-pilled fucking trek podcast that don't
1: you fun. have to give them like your social security number or some shit that sounds right.
0: I know they have some crazy shit.
1: Yeah, they have some verification process that's actually not secure. You gotta send a picture and, of your butthole in, and so and and your information can be easily leaked and and and, uh, and stolen. So that sounds like a good thing to like you know send a picture of your social security number, your you know you yeah. know your bank code. The, <laughs> the only thing I your 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 license.
0: Yeah, the only thing I want leaking is semen out of my asshole in a no loads refused orgy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it can be
0: speaking of no loads refused orgies um you can reach me at uh
1: so you sa- make sure you send invites to those no loads refused to
0: to to, to britain over here at Hmm. Um. pretty much any any social media website Mm-hmm. Including
1: Truth Social. Including so yeah. Especially
0: Truth Social. <laughs> know, so I'm
1: the only one without a Truth Social. Basically. Account. That's the Truth Social. <laughs> um,
0: so uh Yeah. Soy Trek pretty much anywhere. Or go to Soytrek.com. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Soytrek.com, com, com, com. Absolutely. And
0: Finally, a big shout out to our patrons and the $5 and above tiers. Um, you make our show happen. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash And uh, you'll get all of our episodes in higher quality and both at the same time and have instead of having to wait half a week for them. So uh, thank you so much to Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Ian Killia, uh, Jordan Hale, Joanna Hearn and Nick Savard. Thank you all so much. You help make the show happen, and I spend all of your money on drugs. He does. I do, uh, but drugs too. <laughs> like all of them are suppositories.
1: Yeah, they're all dissolved in in your anal cavity. Hell yeah. Like, which is fine. You know, if you can't swallow pills, you know the anus is a good. Tra- oh, I
0: can swallow them just fine. I just want <laughs> I just want them in my asshole.
1: I feel good, baby. So, thank you guys for, for helping Britt's butt drug p- habit. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it actually also pays for the show, which is why like, you know, Pat's never had to worry about money for this show. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He thanks you more than anything. Yeah.
1: I love you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the pizza pie.
0: <laughs> so, um, with that, Captain's Log, supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well travel safe and his Ferengi rule of acquisition. Number 48 says, this is my favorite rule of acquisition of all time. Oh, for real? Yep. The bigger, the smile, the sharper, the knife.
1: Ooh, damn. That's a good one. That's so good. I love it. I thought it was going to be "Uh, the bigger, the smile, the bigger, the dong
0: that too, baby.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shocker soy Soi, soy 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 Soi, soy 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 Soi,
2: soy 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 soy
0: soy 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 soy
2: soy 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 so soy 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 soy
1: no oh oh shit oh oh. no loads
0: refused